this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio. Shouldn't be here in dead air. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. All right, everybody should be queued in now. Let me go to my man, 717-9668. How you doing, Yusuf? All right, you hear me now, right? Yes, sir. I apologize about that this morning. Hey, What's going on with the you guys? Wonders buddy? of technology. <laughs> no, it's me. It wasn't that. It was me. <laughs> it wasn't that. You know, you know how you told me I find jewels sometimes. Yeah, you find another one. You ever heard of the Van Pelt family? Van Pelt family sounds familiar. It sounds, like, it sounds vaguely familiar. Those are like founding father family. They go all the way back, right? Right, right, right. Let's see. I'm getting ready to share a miscellaneous case with you that was filed last year and the last thing filed in the case was on the 15th. Um, What was the the case? Give me the background on the case. What was the case about? This guy has went and proved that the Supreme Court justices, the only one that can hold office is Kavanaugh because none of the other ones have a valid oath of office. See, this whole argument over the shutdown is, rumor is, it's because of this case. Well, I've heard a lot of other rumors. I've heard rumors that the shutdown is due to the fact that they are prosecuting a lot of um, uh, government officials. And they don't want to get embarrassed. Their families also heard that, um, you know, some of the deaths yep. that you're seeing of the public officials um, because they've been executed for treason and things like that. They ain't really yep. just die, you know, with John McCain, George Bush. You know, you see all these all these things happening. These people, you know, Trump is in there cleaning house. You know, that's what now you know, I, I can't verify I that, just, but it does make sense. It does make sense. I just. Yeah, I just saw yesterday that the Supreme Court is going to run out of funding on the 18th. And when the Supreme Court runs out of the funding, you already know about the U.S. Citizen and the Trading with the Enemy Act, how you can go under military tribunals, and that when the funding, when if the Supreme Court is without funding for three days, is what it was, what was said that the military tribunals kick in. Now, go back to this case. If the only valid justice in the Supreme Court that we have is Kavanaugh, is it possible that they knew, that that Trump knew this? Because remember, 
during the Kavanaugh hearings, one of the things that were discussed was tribunals. Right. Um, I'm on. I'm gonna tell you my now, opinion of it. You know, I don't know if Kavanaugh is the only one that has a uh, oath of office. I know that's what they're saying, but. I mean, I look at it as Trump. I'm going to tell you what my opinion of the whole situation is. We got big government, number one. It's too many employees. You got 800,000 employees in the federal government. It's too many. All right? We don't need that many. Um, I'm beginning to think that he is just like basically draining, you know, just making them see, okay, let's see, let the American people see just how much they need you for things, you know, and things yeah. like that. I think... I think as long as the uh, they can keep the food in the grocery stores and everything, you know, it's like, what other service are you serving? You know, this uh, welfare, we don't really need it. Or, well, not a lot of people feel like we do need it, but, you know, it's like, you know, I just think, I just kind of see some things. It's what I'm looking at. I'm paying very close attention to it, too. It seems like Trump is, he's trying to change some stuff, you know? I don't know, I you know? I think, agree. Yeah, I absolutely he's agree. To, but the importance of this case, this this guy, he proved his lineage, that he is a direct descendant of the Van Pelt family. And mm. he he's put in that it's 952 pages, and it don't take much scrolling to see it. He's been in contact with different agencies, got certified true copies that they do not have the oath of office in their possession. Um, now, whether or not he contacts the right agency can possibly be disputed, but looking at this miscellaneous case, this guy knows what he's doing. But let me ask and, you this. Well, how, is that, mm-hmm. how, is that, how is that relevant to Congress and Article One courts? In my opinion, okay, yeah, the Supreme Court justices don't have oath of office. All right, well, that's Article Three. What does that have to do with Article Two? Yep. You have Article Two, you know these Article Two, these Article One, I mean Article One courts. Under Article One, Section Eight, Clause Nine, it's a totally different court system. It falls under the Judiciary Act. So them now, not having them not having oath of offices, I don't see how that's that's relevant to or germane to anything that has to do with the jurisdiction that all these courts operate under. Now that is a good point. My personal opinion. Lincoln conquered Congress. The judiciary was still left alone until Roosevelt in 1933 with the bankruptcy, and then the executive branch conquered the judiciary when that happened, so everything falls under the executive branch as of that time. All the judges are administrative. Yeah, I, uh, I keep hearing that. I don't agree with that at all. Let me tell you why I don't agree with that. First of all, you know, you go back and read, I read the Libra Code, and I can understand the martial law and all of that. It is not. This is the reason Trump is doing what he's doing, because it's not under Article 2. It's under Article 1. He's going to war with Congress. You know, Trump is at war with Congress. He sees what's going on. I don't see anything in my research or anything in the Constitution that would demonstrate to me that we're under some sort of military tribunal. You know, it's clear every indictment that everybody gets, every indictment that yep. everybody gets in the United States, I, if it's a federal indictment that says that you have violated interstate commerce, 
The people who are over exactly. interstate commerce is Congress, not the military. Yes. Okay, it's Congress. That compiles on the Article One, Section Eight, Clause Three. All right. So I'm not seeing what people are talking about. I see it's Congress. Every time uh, you go into court and you have a problem, the, the judges will say, "Hey, don't say nothing to me. You need to talk to your legislature." You know, it's everything. I see Congress. Congress is the one passing all these acts. You know, I don't see it like that. I see it under Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen. They, I, I read all of the Supreme Court decisions say this: that Congress has plenary yeah. power over all of its insular possessions. I'm not seeing where the. I, uh, what I do see is that they formed this corporation called U.S. and then Congress delegated some authority over to the executive branch agencies. And now they're coming in, and that's what you see. Uh, that's what you see Trump doing. He he pulling back all his agencies and everything. I say, okay, you don't want to give me money to build a wall? You don't need to use none of my people for nothing. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna shut it all down. I'm gonna shut it all down. You can't now. use none of my people for nothing. Okay, and that's what it was. You can't yep. use my military. You can't use none of my agencies. You can't use nothing. All right, that's how I see. That's how the the, the government is set up. It's checks and balances. Okay, if, if yep, that's, that's called a check on the legislature. If the legislature don't do, if uh, the executive uh, branch don't do what the legislature thinks, okay, okay, I just won't enforce nothing for you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, now I did hear that for Trump to actually get rid of all the unneeded employees, that the, that the government had to be shut down for 30 days. The the 18th made 33 days, if I'm not mistaken. So it could be now that they've been gone that long, he can actually do the executive order because all agencies fall under the executive branch. That's what I'm saying. But see, this is what I want to speak on this, though. This is why I feel when I go out there and I listen to a lot of people who talk, gurus and people like that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking specifically gurus right now. What I see... I don't see a lot of people who understand constitutional principles. You know, that's what you don't hear a lot of discussion of um, in this movement and everything like separation of powers, you know, sovereignty, um, you know, just things like the uh, sovereignty as it relates to the go- uh, federal government, their qualified sovereignty, you know, just things like that, checks and balances and things like that. I don't see, so then people are saying, well, if we're into some military tribunal, I'm like, no, I don't hear anybody talk about delegation of powers doctrine. Okay, this is all stuff you yeah. can Google on the internet. Okay, so and you know I've researched this. All the professors know it. They dele- Congress is the one that is the problem. Okay, it ain't the it ain't the damn executive branch. It is the legislative branch. They we are under some sort of oligarchy. Those senators up there on Capitol Hill and the House of Representatives. I those people is the source of all our issues because that is where the designation United States comes from United States citizen. Cause United States citizen is a congressionally created citizenship. It's a congressionally created citizenship. So I'm like, yes. okay, if, if you understood delegation of powers doctrine, you would understand why it appears that we're under some sort of military tribunal and so forth. It's not that that is that Congress is delegating powers. Not only to the uh, the uh, military, but also to the judiciary. Okay, they will they will well, delegate the power to the, judici- the judiciary too. Well, I never hear people talk about this, never. And they talk about yeah. it all the time on they do interviews and everything on the news. Talk about it all the time. But I'll never hear no gurus 
talk about that. They'll just try to say, you know, we're under some sort of military. I'm like, look, man, look at the, the what the principles of the Constitution. And that's why everybody thinks they're doing something illegal, too. I don't see them doing anything illegally and unlawfully as far as having Article One courts, forming a corporation or any, anything like that. All of it falls in harmony with the Constitution. It falls yeah. in harmony well, with the it. only. The only reason I, I had that thought process about the, the the three branches was I was I was listening to one of your shows or one of your videos one time, and when Lincoln, when they left Congress, they never declared a new day. And you were pointing out in right. some document, and honestly, I haven't found that document because I'd really like to, that there was a little asterisk. You go to the bottom where the asterisk is at, and it says no new day. So if there was no new day, sin a day, what is it? Sin a day, sign a day. I forgot to say the Latin word for it, but yeah, but go ahead. I know what you're talking about, though. No, they have a quorum. Yeah, if they didn't appoint a time to reconvene and was brought back under the barrel of a gun, then under under the laws of nations or natural law the executive branch Cocker and Congress because technically we have three separate branches of government that are supposed to work together, but they are on their own. I mean, I don't look at it as them conquering Congress. I look at them as, um, you know, it's like, you know, you got to understand they got to, they got to, they got to defend all um, threats, foreign and domestic. Okay. If, If Congress is not doing what they're supposed to do, then I can I can see the executive branch of government forcing them to do something, but they also did it to the southern branch of the southern states to get the Fourteenth Amendment passed. So I don't know about that. I understand your position on that, but I don't see it like that. So I don't see them operating like that. How I see them operating, everything is operating through Congress. And the reason I feel like that because I'm a person who has been has dealt with them, okay, and, and the yeah. feds, and I see what they do in the feds, and I've read hundreds of people's paperwork and all of it looks exactly the same okay everybody's being charged with an interstate commerce charge every everybody's been charged with interstate commerce charges every they seize jurisdiction based off the commerce clause the commerce clause has caused more litigation in this country than any other clause in the constitution i got that from a supreme court justice it caused more litigation in this country than any other clause in the Constitution is the Commerce Clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. And that is because all crimes are commercial. You know, 27 CFR 72.11. So the only people that have authority over commerce is Congress. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. And the executive branch is supposed to enforce it. They Well, that's where the delegation of power, the executive branch is supposed to enforce executive orders and laws that are passed. Right? Now, Congress, what they'll do is they'll delegate some authority to these, uh, these, uh, these administrative agencies. That's what those judges were talking about when they were having the role of the Supreme Court. Uh, if you see that video on YouTube, that's what they were having a discussion about. Uh, Congress's ability to delegate authority, too much authority to the executive branch of government. That whole discussion was about delegating power to the executive branch. That's what they're doing. They yeah, delegate that was power a real, That was a real good video. That really, yes, it really was. was. Yes, it was. And learning, 
learning how this system works, because you filled in a lot of blanks when I found you almost two years ago, it, it opened my eyes when they're talking how to hear what they're saying. And it, it's they tell everybody exactly what they're doing. They do tell you what they're doing. Is You just got to understand, you, you, you got to get your... Uh, vocabulary, uh, vocabulary up to a, a, a place where you can understand what they're saying. You know, it's like they're talking about delegation of powers doctrine, separ- separation of powers doctrine, um, you know, what is constitutional and what is not constitutional. You know, it's a very interesting subject when you really get into it. But what I see in our movement is I see a lot of people, you know, people like to, they, these are the favorite words people you like to use, fraud, uh you know, uh, unlawful and illegal, um, you know, all these words, you know, ultra-virus, they don't have jurisdiction over this, and all that. You hear hear all this stuff, and I don't agree with a lot of that. I'm I'm looking at it. The problem is that the American people are voluntarily giving themselves to these people, and that's what Donald Trump, I feel, is trying to show right now by shutting down the government and people, because so people can start to open their eyes and realize some things. They're going to start maybe they'll real, uh, rediscover growing their own food again and doing things themselves again instead of depending on government for everything. I right? because it's this it's this government dependency that is the number one thing that's hampering everybody. This welfare state. When I go back and research everything, uh, as far everything that I've researched uh, back in the last hundred years, the Bolshevik Revolution, what happened in Germany, World War One and World War Two. You know, everything is surrounding, creating some sort of um, welfare state, communism, socialism, Marxism. Yeah, they, yeah, they want the people dependent on them because the, cause the, what's normal throughout history is slavery. And, and the powers that be want the people enslaved. They don't want you self-reliant because they can't control you when you are. Okay, and, and who are we talking about when we say... They. What are we talking about? It's like people afraid to say it. That's what I'm seeing. People no, afraid the elite. To say it. Who are the, the elite? elite? The Rock, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, Jews, Zionist the Jews, Zionist Jews. He's a Zionist Jew. Yeah. I, I, and people are afraid to say it. But I'm, I'm studying this. I'm watching what's going on in Congress. I'm looking at all this. People are afraid to say Rothschilds are Jews. Okay. I, yes. FDR was a Jew. Okay, these people are Jews. Is these these are Zionist Jews who are doing all this state of Israel. They they want they want the elimination of private property. They don't want anybody to have any private property. They they everywhere they've gone, they brought all these policies that you see that are being espoused by the Democratic Party. It was the same thing going on in Nazi Germany. It was the same thing going on in Russia. You know, you go and do your history, you'll see they doing it. It's, it's not anything different. They're doing the exact same thing. And then if you try to bring it up, they call you anti-Semitic. They shut you down with, with you know, start calling you anti-Semitic. Oh, you're anti-Semitic. Hey, Why you, the, you know, you know, it's like I'm not anti-Semitic. The, I'm, I'm, I'm a study of history. The same thing, this, the exact same pattern is going on in every country all through history for the last hundred years. Same thing. Yeah, the Bible says. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. They just keep doing it over and over and over because it's so effective. It's, it's the same the thing, man. They, got, they control the media. So when I look at what's happening, I don't even know if I can trust anybody in government, to tell you the truth. Not Trump, not nobody, because I'm not sure. Just The only thing about Trump, 
you know, I just kind of see, I just kind of, I got a little slight feeling that they don't have as much control over him as they've had over other people. But for the most part, you know, I think, you know, he's playing a game. He might get assassinated. Trump is on a, is, 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 is a prime target to get assassinated with the things that he's doing. You know, I can see, I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Really. I can really see that happening. You You know, Pastor Lindsey Williams, he talked about it one time. He said, look, you got a split in the elite. You got the white side and the dark side. Dark side says burn it all to the ground and rebuild it in our image. But the white side says, hold up, let's not kill the golden goose that got us here. And he said Trump falls in that line because he knows that if he don't do something, he's going to lose everything he's got. So he does have a self-preservation attitude in it, but he doesn't necessarily not care about the people because it's the people that made him where he's at. I, I feel like that way too. I've been watching it very closely. I'm I'm paying attention to all the news uh, that's coming out. Um, what's really interesting is what happened over in France. Nobody's talking about that. Um, the uh, what was it? The uh, Yellow Jackets over in France and everything. The uh, 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 the uh, revolution that was starting up over there. Now all of a sudden they're trying to bring NBA basketball over there. They're trying to bring some distractions over there. People need to pay attention to what's going on. You know, you got that revolution over there now. I see Adam Silver. He said, well, you know, we need to start bringing the NBA over into France. And I can see why. Okay, they need some, we need some distractions over here for the people. You know, it's that age-old thing that uh, Caesar did in Rome. You know, give the people games. Yes, sir. Give the people games, you know. So they're trying to use that same old principle. And people aren't catching it. You know, it's like, man, when you really just see – open your eyes and see what's going on. This is not complex to me. It's not complex. Uh, and you'll start to feel guilty for allowing yourself to be deceived like this. It's like, this is not that complex what they're doing. How could they deceive you? They had to dumb you down and they had to distract you. They yeah. dumbed us down to distract us with a lot of, you know, BS and everything. And at the, the, the end game is get the guns. Once the guns are gone, I, I think we're going to see a different world, uh, uh, the new world order will officially take in 100% in place. That's just, that's just what I'm seeing. Once they get everybody guns, you know, it's all, the, all these little uh, uh, shootings, school shootings and all this stage type stuff that is going on to kind of convince people, Oh, we need to take all the guns. I'm hearing people say it. We need to take the guns. It's like, no, you need to be able to defend yourself. Guns. The reason we got guns in the first place was, to defend ourselves in case you ever need to take government back. That was the purpose of having guns. That's the purpose for it. Nobody yes, talks about that. Nobody talks about that. The purpose of you having guns is to defend yourself against government. Why would you allow the government to convince you to get rid of your guns if the whole purpose of putting it in place is, to, is hey, I need to seize back government because in case you get out of hand, we have the right to come back and take back the government and set up a new institution. I don't understand. I don't understand some people's line of thinking on that. Yeah, I knew that ever since I was little. We were taught that in elementary school. There's a lot of things that we were taught. Separation powers. A lot of stuff that I talk about on the air is not nothing I learned studying law. It's some it's just basic stuff that we knew growing up, and then it just changed somewhere along the way. People started making it into hunting. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? That ain't the reason 
You have gun rights. Gun rights are as far as to defend yourselves in case you need to make sure that the power rests with the people where it belongs and not in government. As he says, I was set up over here. Am I wrong? No, you're not. And I just wanted to share that case with you. Uh, So that way, and I won't keep you. I'll let you get to other people. Okay. Anytime I find anything, I try to share with you. Send it to me. Let me look at it. I'll look at it. Other cases, real good. I'm still going through that. That was that was the bomb. I, I want to thank you for that. I'll look at this one too you and see. Welcome. But it's like you I know, I'm not. Sent it to your Dropbox. Okay, it's just like I'm. I listen to that so much. We're in a military government and all of that, and I'm not. I, 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 ain't, I ain't. My research that didn't lead that way. You know, I don't hear people talk about. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. I'm not hearing a lot enough people talk about Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9. The reason you don't hear a lot of gurus talk about Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, because it is very difficult to find anything on it. It's very difficult. I'm, that is one, that's one clause in the Constitution. You've got to do a lot of diligent research. They, they intentionally keep it obscure. I'm telling you, go and do I'm research on Article 1. Start I'm doing go research on Article 1. Huh? Because I actually, when you first said that, the first time I heard you, now being a truck driver, I forget to do things on the weekend. Uh, but this weekend, I'm going to be shut down here in a few hours. I'm going to get a folder together for Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, and I'm going to go through Westlaw, see what I can find, and send it to you. Because there's actually quite a bit on there. Send it to me. Because all the other legislative courts. They're legislative court. Yes. You know, it's just a legislative court, Article One court, right, tribunals and so forth. But they, they keep everything vague and hazy. You'll find a few a few um, cases and everything surrounding, like a case out of Florida where that judge came up and said, you know, that these are, um, you know, he said legislative courts. He was making the distinction between legislative courts, Article One courts, and Article Three courts. And But that's something people don't understand. There are Article One judges who have lifetime tenure and salary uh, protection for uh, diminution salary protection, but that's all colorful. Yeah. It's all to make it appear that they're Article Three judges. It's just Congress gave them that power. They did. Congress went all out to make these legislative courts look like Article Three courts. They went all out. And um, where the most of the stuff I saw, and then I forgot to go back to it and start getting it stuff. Most of where I saw everything at was in secondary sources. You're right. There's not a lot of cases. It ain't a lot of cases. A lot in different secondary sources. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, 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 when you go to read some law reviews, things like that, you may find some things, but you ain't gonna find too much stuff in the law books. You go. I I, I got a, a, a Supreme Court a, a analysis interpretation of the Constitution where it goes line by line through every clause. When we get to Clause 9, it don't got nothing there. I tell you to read Article 3, Section 2. I mean, what am I reading yeah. Article 3, Section 2 for? You know, this separation of powers, you need to explain right here in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, what this court system is. I shouldn't have to go over the articles because, you know, you got the little phrase in Article 3 where it says, and anything Congress shall create, you know, on the back of that. Yeah. We talk about original jurisdiction. Okay, well, Supreme Court has original jurisdiction over certain common law cases. And then the rest go to Congress because everything falls up under them. They have the they have the power to create. And this was drafted, and they understood this in the beginning. You can read the congressional uh, records, and you can see they understood this even back then. 
The deception came in when they start naming everything the same thing. You at United States, United States, Supreme Court, Supreme Court. You know, they took and named everything the same. And everybody's yeah. confused. Everybody's confused. Everybody don't know what they're looking at or what's going on. And they got us under these statutes, and they removed our gold and silver so we can't pay for anything and we can't own anything. That was the biggest coup that happened was the removal of the gold and silver out of this country, out of the hands of the citizens. That effectively put us in a form of slavery, uh, putting us in a debt-based economy and stole all the gold and silver from everyone, and now we can't pay for anything. We got to register our vehicles pay property taxes and all this kind of stuff, and they come and pick you up and put you in jail for using Federal Reserve notes when you ain't got no choice but to use Federal Reserve notes. If that's not slavery, I don't know what is. That's straight-up slavery. You you forcing me to use this currency? I can't use no other currency? This only currency I can use? Yeah, that's the problem with that. Well, that's why they don't want you knowing about negotiable instruments, uh, uh, tender of payment, uh, international bills of exchange, they don't want you to be able to do what they do. And that's why I don't come off of it. That's why I stay on negotiable instruments, because I, I, it's been that fact. I understand that private people have the right and the ability to create a negotiable instrument. All right, and then all the next question is, well, where does the value come from? Where does the value come from? They shit. Okay, where is the value coming from a Federal Reserve note when it doesn't have any intrinsic value? Okay, you just hypothecating oh, currency. Just, you just create money out of thin air and everything, and then making us pay back for it in taxes and stuff, paying the interest on it in taxes. That's slavery. Are you telling that's me I, I can't? To, that's what yeah, I explain to people when I explain the mortgage table to them. I said, you signed a promissory note at the mortgage table. They said, yeah, I did. I said, what's the difference between that promissory note and that green one you called a Federal Reserve note? Because the courts have said over and over it is a promissory note. What's the difference? And then they Ain't no get difference. And, and at the closing, table, the, the closing table is a financial institution. It tells you exactly. that Title 31 is a, is a financial institution, so you're making a deposit. And people don't see that because you're not walking up to a counter talking to a clerk. Okay? That's just another type of financial institution. There are many different types. You know, the post office is a financial institution. A car dealership is a financial institution. You know, you got to take credit cards. If you take credit, you got to start getting your mind, and people got to open up their mind and start seeing what's going on around them. And so, all the bank is is just a convenient way for you to go in and make a deposit. But there are many other ways a deposit can be made other than walking in a bank and going to a teller. A lot of different ways. But hey, look. A guy told me the other day. When you go into the bank and do a signature card, what you're doing is a general deposit. That's why it falls under the jurisdiction of the federal government, and they can seize it anytime they need to. He said, you need to research special deposit. A special exactly. deposit sets it aside for something else. Exactly. So, exactly. You anything, day, special, sir, anything special is private. Look up the word special, you'll see. Right. For a specific purpose. All right. Now, hey, appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate your call. You're welcome. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. 908. There it goes. 0419. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Peace, Yusuf. It's the philosophers. How you doing, man? 
Hey, what's happening, bro? What's going on? How you feeling? I'm I'm well, man. I'm well. How are you? All right, all right, all right. Sound like you're under the well a little bit. All right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm on a... Maybe it's my right. headset. Hold on. Let's can, can you hear me? Should I put on, I yeah. put on another headset? Loud and clear. Oh, all right. Cool. Um, in regards to the two things that you guys were just talking about that I, I think uh, would be cool to, like, maybe get get clear on because um one thing i do i mean i like you're probably one of the only people that i even listen to anymore um with this stuff and honestly it's because like i love the way you always connect the spiritual to it because i think that's like you know if you don't have that grounding you're not going to get this but so i read most of the stuff i know is from like um insane with the way i read you know the the codes and the public laws and private letter rulings and all that stuff. But really like this is all trust law. It's all, it's all the trust. And what you guys were just talking about before the way, I mean, I kind of see it like, especially since I think last time we talked, I said when I was watching Scalia's confirmation hearings, he flat out said that, you know, Congress is the trust are the trustees of the constitution. Yeah. So if, if Congress is the trustees of the constitution, um, and the executive branch could be equal to like they're supposed to be at least like the trust protectors, and the judiciary nah. is supposed to be like the arbitrators of such of of the. You know, you know, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking more so. I, I guess it would be the executive because I was thinking more so the judiciary are the trust protectors because all constitutional questions come before them, and uh, you right. know, and I, uh, you it's know, almost like a tag team. With, the way they do that. Well, yeah, it is. I, they I set it up like, in the form of a trust. They set it up in the form absolutely. of a trust. You know, they did. And and what Congress seems to be doing is, you know, as far as like, you know, the way, you know, the individual citizen, you know, quote unquote citizen can be put in that spot, holding the bag in a courtroom when, you know, like when the judge is supposed to be the trustee, but they're trying to get you to be the trustee. So they're kind of, and what you said about slavery, well, a trustee is an indentured servant. They're a servant under an indenture. They are. And so what they're trying to do is pawn off their breaches on, on the beneficiaries, fooling them, into the, fooling them into holding the bag as the trustee. Well, what, you know, well, when you study trust law, what you see is when you want to have, when you need something done, you contract out to do it. So they needed workers. So they contracted out for workers. You know, we got into a contract and got connected with them with the trust. It's all trust principles all the way through everywhere you look. You see, when you start studying trust law, you'll see like, man, this is how you do when you go get um, some, uh, recruit some people to go work for the trust. Well, you contract with them. Well, they do the same thing. They get, they got some people to work for the trust to pay some of the bills. They went and got the U.S. They went and created some U.S. citizens. And got us to work for them. Then got their own money and everything. Just created their own world, Absolutely. essentially. And, um, you know, it's got us to agree to all that. Contract makes the law. People really need to understand. You know, I think one of the biggest fallacies that's going on is that, you know, the, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And I, I don't <laughs> doubt that that's true, but I don't think it's the most powerful law. The most powerful law is contract. It supersedes the Constitution. <laughs> well, you know, it's- those words are tricky. Like when they say there's like a big distinction between land with an S and land with a D. So like land 
refers to imaginary borders. Like everything in the land can be destroyed, but the boundaries of land will still remain. I I read that. But like, so when they're talking about the supreme law of the land, they're talking about the supreme law of the artificial land they create in their jurisdictional process. They're not, they're not talking about the, same, the thing land, the same thing with territory. Same thing. Same thing with the word. Ter- you described the word territory. I did research on the word territory many years ago, because now where is this territory they're talking about? And it has to be. It has to be fictional. It has to be a fiction. You know, and anything mm-hmm. that's a fiction, you got to be careful of because what's the definition of a fiction? An assumption that something is true, even though it may be untrue, but especially in judicial reasoning to alter how legal rule operates. So, you know, when you understand what a legal fiction is and everything that falls under that, they deal heavily in legal fiction. And their territories are um, real and fictional as well, like the U.S. citizen. That's a, that's a territory of theirs. That's the insular possession of theirs. It's U.S. citizen. Okay, anything with U.S., their court system, all of this stuff. So it's like we fall under their jurisdiction. And what it is is we're looking at as incompetent because we have to get welfare from them. I, all the American people are incompetent. Y'all went bankrupt. And, you know, when that's not the case, we gave our gold and silver to help them out of a situation and everything. But now we're being deemed to be incompetent. We can't handle our own commercial affairs because we're welfare recipients now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling and that's you. like in in uh, quiet weapon, uh, silent weapons for quiet wars. Like the goal is to exterminate the creditor. Like it's like because the you know the creditors are well. You know I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you this. This is the next thing I'm looking to start happening. I'm looking for they're gonna start doing population reduction. I'm really I'm really thinking that's going to uh, be the next phase because there are a lot of people on this planet who. Everybody has the right to live, but you know, when you look at these people, they're like, "What are you doing? You know, what are you, you know, yeah, what are you doing? What type of impact are you making? What is, what purpose is your life? Why are you here? Just to eat food, eat, sleep, and reproduce? What they call useless eaters. So, you know, I really feel like, and how they're going to do it, they're not just going to, um, just, you know, ex- just do it blatantly. It's going to be some sort of something make it look like we did it or a disease or something like that. But I'm looking for something like that to start happening, some you know, pretty soon. Because I'm I just mean, looking in last in 20 way, years, how many people live in Atlanta now, you know? But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think, I mean, in a way, I mean, they might ramp it up, but for on on a on different scales, it's been going on for a long time. As long as they've been giving us the option to eat poisonous food and drink water with neurotoxins in it, and you know, hey, that, like go to Doctors who, I mean, like, honestly, like, my my mother passed, like, a little over a year ago, and I was talking to the nurse, and, you know, she was an older woman, probably close to 70, and she even said to me, she's like, you know, I remember when a hospital was a place where people really did come to get better, and now they've become places where people come to get tortured before they die. And that's a nurse saying that. Yeah. And that's, like, really... And but at the same time, like, you know, I'm weird with all this because I I could really see the the gray, the both sides of it. Because on one hand, like you could say, yes, these things are atrocious, and but on the other hand, you like just from getting into this and knowing what I know and you know acting in it, and then talking to people who want 
supposedly they want help. They want they, they want solutions to their problems. But when the problem, when the solution to that issue is outside of the quote unquote norm, outside of what everyone else is doing, they don't really want that help. They want to be part of that crowd. And and I feel like almost in a way, people that can't or refuse to control themselves, if they're not controlled somehow, they'll they'll be a greater danger to the whole left that's of their own Teddy, devices. That's what Teddy Roosevelt said. He said, he said you're either going to have to right. control yourself from the inside or you're going to have to be controlled from the outside. And that's what he's talking to. He said, the people are sovereign. But you having a sovereign, you being sovereign uh, doesn't mean that you, you you can just do whatever you want. You know, somebody posted a real nice uh, book in my um, Facebook group on natural law. And uh, I was actually reading it this morning. It was very good. And then I watched another video somebody sent me from a Moorish brother. Um, and he was talking about natural law. And I was noticing he was he kept referencing Noble Drew Ali. But Noble Drew Ali was coming from natural law because he was saying the same things. And it was just so happened. I just read this book this morning on natural law. And then I listened to this Moorish brother um, talk about natural law. And that, that gets into spirituality because, you know, spirituality is grounded in laws, in natural laws. Okay, understanding, understanding how um, everything is regulated by some sort of like the law of thought. Like thought follows a certain laws. All right, so... You know, when you understand these laws and everything and how to deal with your fellow man, how to respect your fellow man and so forth. But uh, it was really, really interesting. You know, you've heard me say on shows many different times that it's my firmest conviction that learning natural law should be the first thing we should be teaching in our families. I don't see how you can function in society properly. And it's why we don't have peace and everything and why why we have so much victimhood and blame. Because people do not really understand how thought works, the power of thought and how thought works and the laws that govern it and karma and so forth. You know, that's what it is. You know, people, people don't know. And that's what and that's why somebody can look at you and think you're crazy because it's like you, you still mm-hmm. blaming somebody else for something that's something that you're creating in your own life over and over and over again. But you want to take the position where it's somebody else's fault. It's the white man's fault. Or something like that. It's like, nah, nah, nah. You know, when Kanye West said slavery was um, that people wanted to be in slavery. I forgot, I forgot how he said it. Oh, man. And I oh, agree right. With it was like, cause he, the 400 I years. I agree he with like, him. He, he was like, yeah, if you're still thinking like that, you're thinking like that. Yeah, exactly. You're what, putting your... Why, well, what why it was, reaffirming... it, it goes deeper than that. It's like, the reason I agree with them is first, number one, Harriet Tubman made a statement that said, I could have saved more slaves if more of them would have known they were slaves. Okay, this is what this came back exactly. from an abolitionist who was in that time who gave her testimony of what she saw. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you understand the law, then any position that you are in, yes, you did create that for yourself. And you got to dig deep to even go to as a race of people you know, and think, okay, well, what changed in us as a race of people? We was one day, we were, the, we were the kings and queens of this planet. Next day, we're not. You know, what happened? What happened in our, in our disposition of our thinking that changed? And that's what I try to convey to my people. I say, look, I know you get mad and you say, well, why did you say that? You sound like a damn sellout. 
that like you know you with your, you know the mic. I'm not a sellout. I'm I, you, I have to. Resp- I'm a student of law, and I'm and this is what the law says. So I can't go against the law. Now, if you want to have a debate about what the law says, and if I'm correct, I'll entertain that. But I'm making I'm making my statement based off of the laws of nature. What the laws of nature say. It's not because I feel a certain way. The laws of nature don't care how I feel about anything. So you can, until you can get to that point where you can be responsible and accept the fact of how the laws work and how they operate, then you can you can start to grow as an individual. But until if you the longer you go about and don't accept that, I was reading the book of Satan. I'm reading the uh, the nine the nine points, the Black Book of Satan. Okay, so they got a. Um, they got a uh, an initiation, and uh, even in their group, one of the first stages of initiation is you got to accept the fact that you have power inside of you. Yes. First step, they even say it. You got you got to accept it. You got to accept the fact that you got this power. Now, how to use that power we, is something else entirely. You know, they have they have different mm-hmm. points and principles, but it starts out just like with any other type of initiation that I've read. Theirs is exactly the same. You have to accept the fact that you're a God. They actually yeah. use that word, you're a God. No. Right, you have to accept that no, fact. I'm glad you, right. Go I'm ahead. Glad you brought that up because that's, that's like, because I think all of these spells are based upon exploiting the uh, tendency for people to externalize their power, not not stand in it, not accept it, and that they are it's deception. You know, peace to the gods, it's, that, that they're creators. It's deception. Like, so you don't Nobody accept. has, no other man really has any power over you unless you give permission to. It's, it's a free will yeah. universe. Right? So nobody has any power over you unless you give permission to. And permission is given in a lot of different ways. Through ignorance. A lot of it is through ignorance mm-hmm. and a lot of different ways like that. But you have to understand that fact that their fear and doubt are illusions. I, there's really nothing for you yeah. to fear in this universe because it was created in love. So these are things that are manufactured. You know, they're manufactured in everything. And, you know, because we are free will beings and so forth, and we haven't educated ourselves, you can succumb to that. But when you really understand how everything is set up, the universe is set up for your benefit. The laws are set up for your benefit. Yes. They're set up for your benefit. I am religion played a big a part in that as well by making witch trials and call you know, sorcery and magic and, you know, and then burning people at the stake. And during the time through the dark ages and things like that, when you go back into the Egyptian culture and the Sumerian culture, they understood all of this and practiced it religiously. Okay. All these things were always talked about. All right. So it's an understanding that you are a supreme being. You have the potential. I, to be a supreme being, to elevate yourself, to become a, a self-perfected being. That is supposed to be what's in the forefront of everybody's mind. That is what the goal is while you're here. But you've been distracted from that by getting jobs, by, you know, having, you know, smartphones and things like that, you know, with things that really don't matter in the bigger scheme of things because you should be on the road to um, immortality. Immortality. Yes. In the world, in the world, not of the world. And that, that's, that's supposed uh, to be your goal. And people have forgot. People got what their religion was about. 
They telling them, oh, you're going to get immortality after you die. You'll die, go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) They wait, they die. You know, you die, go to heaven, and you get immortality. When immortality is something that you strive for while you're alive. Okay, you strive for that while you're alive. The consciousness, what happens at death? We can have a discussion about that. What happens at death? You know, what happens to the consciousness? Okay, what the spirit does it still keep? Uh, uh, obviously, the spirit is uh, incorruptible; it can't be destroyed. All right, but what about your mm-hmm. soul? What about your soul? What about your emotional body? What about your memories? What do you retain your memories? If I wanted to destroy you, do I really need to destroy you, or do I just need to erase your memory? You see what I'm saying? If you, uh, if I erase your memory, who are you? Are you your? Are you your? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If you are you your memories, you know what I'm saying, or am I? If I if I don't have my memories, then who am I? <laughs> exactly, and that's. You want to see something cool? I I, I only re, I only realized this about like a month ago. Um, do you have a Do you have a picture of the the IRS symbol in front of you by any chance? Yeah, I get it real quick. What's up? What's up on it? Let's. I want I want to play a game real quick. Just take, uh, All right. just look at it and tell me, tell me what you see. Which one? You know, you got the black one with the bird. You want it with the bird or with the, uh, with yeah, the, just the, the IRS? The IRS. The bird. Yeah, they're the one that supposedly the bird. Oh God, mm-hmm. see, I got one. It does. Yeah, it looks like the eagle. I mean, I All see. Right. I, so see the, I see the, I see the peace branch. I see the eagle. I see the scales. All right, so what I'm looking right. at. I see Anubis holding up scales, and I see a feather on one side. And then when I turn it over, when I turn it upside down, that's very perceptive. I see, I see a cross, and a heart, and a feather. And the two things on either either side of the cross, which could be like the two, the two thieves on the side of Jesus, Jesus he was hung. So what it sort of points to is, well, first of all, it's you know when you turn it upside down, you can look at it both ways. So it's as above, so below, and the internal revenue service, if you look, think of it as your internal self-worth, you're, you know, as within, so without. So it's really telling you to put your heart on the scale. You know, it's interesting. I've never really paid attention to this, but now that you mention all this and I'm looking at it, it does look like, you know, and the way that they work with symbolism, you know, because sigils and mm-hmm. everything have power, you know, sigils. You know, that's yeah. one of the things everybody listening you know, you got to take a, a lot of time into your, when you form a company, putting your company logo, because it's a sigil that mm-hmm. has power. They're, you know, they, 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 these logos have power and so forth that they create. They just don't create them haphazardly. Mm-hmm. And um, there are sigils, and, you know, sigils have a lot of information in it. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, yeah, you might be right. I'm actually seeing this because they put it in everything. They don't make anything without purpose and without some sort of power that is invoked in it. So I'm going to look at this a little bit closer and see, see what you're talking about. But, hey, look, I got to go. Yeah, I got to sure. I gotta get back yeah, to the next too. call. Hey, thank I you for see. calling in. Let me go to the next call. All right? Hey, it's always a pleasure, brother. All right. Absolutely. Let me go to 770-4992. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Good morning. This is the artist formerly known as Token. How are you? <laughs> What's going on? Sounds like I'm not the only white guy calling in nowadays. 
ago about the passport and stuff so i'm i'm fixing to dive headlong into that so thank you for that you're but, welcome um, I, I it what piqued my interest uh you know got my ears perked up and i ran and got my phone was when you were talking about the zionists and all that and you know the the way that that, that the system controls the language now you can't say Zionist or anything against Israel, you know, like, uh, you know, Israel should and everybody be, be scared. Yeah, yeah be you're scared an anti-Semite. And I just, I, <laughs> I shut them down. I just go, do you even know what a Semite is? Uh, well, it's uh, it's Jewish people, right? Uh, yeah, you need to go do some research, you know. And I shut them down like that because, first right. of all, I'm the most politically incorrect fucking guy you have ever seen. <laughs> I have a t-shirt that says flaming heterosexual on it, okay? And I wear that out. And, and, and again, believe right. it or not, it sparked very good conversations. But anyway, uh, I was, I, you know, when I was watching your video, it hit me like a, a ton of bricks. You know, you know, I, I, I think you and I have discussed, I'm a, an ex-Jehovah's Witness also, you know? Right, right. And, and 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 it's, I mean, they're so brainwashed. First of all, because you know they don't they don't know their own history that that Charles Taze Russell, the you know the founder, had predicted that you know Armageddon in like 1874, then 1884, then 1914, then 1925, you know, and then 1975. And and they just keep changing the, the, the you know, the, the rhetoric. Oh, well, you know, it's new light, blah, blah, blah. They're so brainwashed, you know. But then they, on the same, by the same token, they talk about, oh, you know, we got to get out of her, get out of Babylon the Great, you know, for fear that you perish along with her and all this. And I'm like, they always called the Catholic Church or, you know, all other religions, I guess, basically, that's not JWs, you know, Babylon the Great. But now right. I want to bounce this off. I want to bounce right. this off of you. I think Babylon the Great is our system we're in now, because you know the money, the monetary yeah. system, and all the religious control can be traced back to Babylon, and probably further, but you know at least to Babylon. You know, and and so right. my thought is maybe it's this system we need to get out of. You know, like you were saying with the passport, and you know. Like I don't, hey, I'm not sure if, it's, huh? Uh, everything that I see in my studies, my perception has led me to come to that same conclusion. It's um, yes. you know, when I put out the passport, so video, no, no, when I put out the passport video and it's a how to sign your name without liability, I did not expect mm-hmm. it to go viral like that at all. You know, I just kind of did it uh, because there were people out there charging astronomical i'm like man and then acting like that they had like they invented it or something i'm like man i've been reading this, this stuff and knowing about this website for the code. last 10 years yeah last 10 years yeah. you know i said well right let me read their code. Yeah. yeah let me let me put it out for everybody and it just blew up you know i'm like wow i didn't know yeah. it was going through that or i had no idea 
it was going to do all of that. Same thing with how to sign your a name without liability. I I didn't know. I just did a video. And I like because yeah, I did some things that were when I used to do my studies. These used to be very interesting topics for me, and so I tried mm-hmm. to share it with everybody and let them see that information is available for you out of you. Now you have people that call in and say, you know, y'all, 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 uh, hoarding information, won't share information. I'm like, look, man, ain't nothing hidden. You live in the age of information. You got to get and, this and out of your I mind mean, and somebody hiding something from you. Ain't nobody hiding nothing from you. It's not hidden. I know. And, and I mean, <laughs> God damn, man, you know, you're making videos. You got a show. You know, you got a website. I mean, what do you, what do you want? You know, make, you, people have to make some effort. That's another bunch of shit that most people – they don't even realize how mentally lazy they've become because, you know, they've been dumbed down through school and, you know, it's like everybody else has got to do it. Why, why, why is it your responsibility to teach me? You know, I appreciate that you teach us, but it's not your job. It's, it's, it's something that you've done out of love for your brothers and sisters, you know, and I've never, I've never subscribed to that, that mentality. I believe me, I, I read voraciously, and every time I come across another little trail, you know, I'm, I'm like you were. I just, I just dive headlong because at some point you get, you gather so many nuggets of knowledge, you can start connecting the dots, and then you realize. Start connecting the dots exactly. Starts building a picture, and And that's, and that's your drug, the, the epiphany when it hits you and everything. Like, oh man. It was right here all the time. <laughs> well, you know, and the, right the other the esoteric side of that is, see, people, you know, and they, you know, they, you, their eyes glaze over when you start talking about, you know, this Luciferian system and how they, right. they speak in codes and how they, you know, because it's part of their, you know, it's part of their modus operandi. They, they have to tell you what's going on. They just don't have to make it easy, but they have to right. warn you. You know, it's just like. You know, it's just like all these the, these rituals in 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 uh, you know the award shows and the Super Bowl and all that. You know, they're letting you know, but if you don't say, wait a minute, that shit's a little off. Well, then you've accepted. You know, in other words, if you don't stand up and oppose it, then you're you're presumed to accept it. You know, and that's the you same know, that's, with the law. You know, we we're in the republic. I've always said that. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I said that in in the court one time yeah. a few years ago. Um. I didn't really realize how powerful it was, but uh, the judge banged the gavel and ran off the bench, uh, you know, a, a recess, you know, like his ass was on fire because, you know, he said, um, uh, you know, I had filed an affidavit, of course, you know, and they never rebut the affidavit, but they, the judge just sloughs over it like it's nothing. But I, in the affidavit said that, you know, I'm basically, I can't remember the words, but it's basically, you know, I'm, I'm no insleges term such as, you know, citizen or 14th Amendment citizen or person or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he says, well, wh- what are you? I said, I'm just a man who stands in the republic. I'm not in this democracy. I'm not in this fictitious, fictitious system, you know, uh, you know, called the United States. And he, I mean, that son of a bitch turned white, and he just said, we're going to take a 10-minute recess. And then uh, one of his little minions, you know, one of these assistant prosecutors came out and pulled me on the side and handed me my dismissal. And I was like, holy shit. You know, and that's when I started realizing they don't want you standing in front of 150 other people and dropping nuggets. 
Yeah, so he oh. just shut it off, got the hell out of there, went and got me out of there, came back in and continued their business, you see? And that's hey, me, that's the evil me, of this shit. But, here, yeah, think about ahead, this, sorry. though. Everybody goes in court knows that they're bringing court by yourself. Why wouldn't you think when you come out into the public that they would call all these sovereign citizens are crazy and everything when when you go into court and bring you to court by yourself? It lets you know they're trying to yeah. hide something. So obviously right. they're going to call you names and stuff out in the public because they're trying to hide stuff from you. They're hiding stuff from you. That's the point, hey, you know? You know what? <laughs> they call yeah. you names and one, all kinds of sovereign citizens. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Let me tell you, I got to tell you a quick story. I was standing out on my, you know, doing my civic duty, you know, warning my brothers and sisters of the speed trap around the curve. You know, I got a big fluorescent yellow poster board with big red letters, you know, cop. Hold on for a second. My dog's trying to get in on action here. (laughs) She has no teeth in her head, but she thinks she's Goliath. But anyway, so, you know, the cop pulls up and and he's like, uh, you know, uh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just, you know, exercising my freedom of speech, you know. And he, and his first thing he says, he says, wouldn't you, you one of them sovereign citizens? I said, brother, those two words are diametrically opposed to each other. You can't be a sovereign <laughs> and a citizen. Sovereign's the king and the citizen's the subject. And he, he was like, huh, I've never heard that one before. I said, well, you know, words have meanings, you know. So anyway, he just was yeah. asking me what I was doing. And, and, of course, I got snitched out, some old fart. You know, pulled over. So there's a guy up the road with a sign. You know, it's like, come on, man. But one, you know, more than once. You know, I've had I've had them say, right. "I want to haul your ass in for obstruction of an officer." And I'm like, uh, "Well, if you were actually within the parameters of your duty, I might be obstructing you. But you're illegal, right. brother. You're down around a curve, hiding behind a bush, or you know, whatever. You got to be visible for 500 feet. That's y'all's law, not mine." And, and you know, the, the older cops that are, like, o- over 50, they, they just chuckle it off and, and laugh. But the young ones, you know, they're, uh, you know, they got to assert their perceived authority. But I, right. I, don't, I never, you know, they one of them, st- a state trooper gave me a bunch of shit, and I actually did think he was going to bring me in. But uh, he, he stepped into my space, and, and like, I'm 5'6". I'm but, you know, I work out, and, I'm, you know, I've, I've got several martial arts trainings and all that. And, and, and so it's instinctive to me to, to go into protect mode when you're in my space. So I just right. said, I said, time out, Hoss. You need to back up. You got a gun and a badge, and you're in my space, and I, that, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. So he did, but he kept, you know, he just kept trying to provoke me or, you know, like to get me to admit something or whatever. And, uh, you know, I never did, but I told him, he says, uh, he says, I ought to haul you in. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you now, I'm just going to warn you that pursuant to Trayvon versus city of Tampa, every minute of my illegal incarceration is worth $1,086. So, you know, it's not my intent to harm you financially, but I'm, I'm, I'm warning you. So he goes, you know, uh, well, let me see some ID. I know. He said, let me see your driver's license. I said, why do you need that? I said, I'm, I'm not driving. My, you can clearly see my truck is parked over there in that parking lot. Uh, well, in the state of Georgia, if an officer asks for ID, you're compu- compelled, you know, and I said, I actually, unless you observed me, you know, committing a crime or you have reasonable articulable suspicion that I've just committed a crime, I don't really have to talk to you at all, brother. So That's right. I don't know what to tell you. You know, so he goes, right. <laughs> Are you gonna Are you gonna let me see your license? I said, Well, let me ask you is that a Is that a request or an order? 
<laughs> I was just fucking with right. you, right? So he goes, oh, it's a request. I said, well, hey, very well, since you were so kind, you know. And, you know, and he went and ran my room. You know, I knew I was clean, you know. But, right. you know, it's that kind of mentality. State troopers, man, they're even a little cut above in the arrogance. But, you know, it's we each have to. And first of all, it, it, you got to get the fear out. You know, the, immediately you got to get fear out of the equation. Because the worst they can do, you know, of course, is kill you. But, I mean, that's pretty, you know, that's a pretty low happening, unless you're black, of course. But, you know, that's a, that's a low probability of, you know, getting shot just because you were holding up a sign. Okay. But, you know, you have to, when you're talking to these guys, you got to look them right in the eye. You can't stumble and stammer and you can't have your voice shaking. You talk with authority. And that fucks them up. They don't know what to do. They just go, you know, this guy might, you know, I've been asked, hey, are you a lawyer? Uh, well, I, I'm a student of the law. I'm not a lawyer yet. You know, just kind of get put it in their mind that I'm studying the law to be a lawyer, which, of course, right. couldn't be further truth. I'm studying law to get out of your fucking B system. But anyway, you know, that's it, it's it's about confidence in what you know. You see, it's not what I believe. It's what I know. It's in right. my soul. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's knowledge that it, when you read something and it resonates with you as true, it's true. You know, when you read something, you go, mm, I don't know. I've, I've got some conflicting information on this subject. Let me go back and do more, you know, more research. But when you, because you know words, uh, spelling, you know, words cast spells, right? So when right. you're reading words that resonate as truth, that's the ones you you know, you know, and and like you were saying earlier in the call, you know, the, it, it's right there. You know, they they're telling you everything you need to know. You just have to go get it, and you commit it, and and it's part of you. And and you know, see, I listen when I do. I, I listen to the calls over and over, while, you know, on my iPod or in my truck or if I'm working, and I just get these, you know concepts just committed to memory so that when I have to use them, boom, they're there, you know? But anyway, uh-oh, yeah. my phone died. Oh, I thought my phone died. <laughs> uh, you're good, you're it's good. About to. Yeah, but listen, it's about to die, so I'm going to get back on the computer and listen to you live. Okay, hey, I appreciate and, uh, you calling. I appreciate all that. Uh, you're giving people, all the listeners and everything, some ideas when they have a police encounter, how they should respond to that. I appreciate oh, yeah. that. I mean, you know, of course, be respectful, but be authoritative. It's that simple. You know, it's that hey. simple. You, you just got to be, you know, you got to be a man. I, oh, I hope I didn't offend anybody with my toxic masculinity there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Brother. Peace, love, and all that stuff. I'll, I'll see all you on the flip. All right, peace, brother. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's go to the next caller, 662. Area code. Oh, hello, three, hello Dr. L. Mike. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I was just calling in to let you know that these collection agencies and some of these so-called, uh, 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 what you call them, uh, uh, loan companies is using your stuff down to the T, but I got a surprise for them. <laughs> what are they doing? They sent me... They sent me. They sent me a certificate. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, a letter of non-response and a notice of cure with your yeah. exact words on that some bitch. 
a collection agent? Excuse my friend. Yes. A, See, it's you know, you know, here in the South, you know, some of them, some of them Uncle Toms, you know, they want to get big and everything, and they don't know hey, the game, but they hey, it, think they know. Hey, every, the name of the game is, uh, like a judge told me uh, one time, when I first, uh, my first time going into court on a foreclosure case, uh, I, I done administrative pr- process, and the judge told me, he said, he said, come on, Mr. Jones, you know what it is. He said, they're trying to get you to do their thing, and you're trying to get them to do your thing. And he was explaining, because that's how the administration uh, process goes back and forth. You know, you send them a letter, they don't respond back to your notary, they send you something back in your mailbox, but they don't come back to your notary. Well, that's not responsive, because the instructions clearly said to respond back to my notary, but they don't want to do that, because the notary is a witness. So you have to have the presence of mind enough to proceed forward and default them out. Because if they don't send that back to your notary and they send it back directly to you, that's an improper response. And you're not obligated to respond to that. Yes, sir. Because I did mine correctly and they they just listened to some of it. I've been listening to you from ever since 2012. So it's it's a whole other different thing. They just jumped on the damn gone back wagon and thinking they're going to get something. But we done took care of it. Yeah, you just... they, 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 They didn't read 6 CFR... 37. Make make sure all our listeners listen to that and uh, get that VMO. Because you know Donald Trump from Florida and Florida and that VMO, man, and with your doggone uh, administrative process and your doggone uh, the negotiable instrument, we need to be fixing these food stamps up and everything for us, our own people and everything so we can do what we need to do. But I, took, I was uh, thinking about the, I, yeah. I, I was I was mm-hmm. definitely thinking about the necessity of a negotiable instrument. Seems to me like the secure party process is even more important now. We need to be getting bonds because these people are going to run out of money. They running out of money. Oh, oh yes, man. Uh, uh, we on war. They they came first. It was private. Now you know it was private. First it was private, mm-hmm. and then they came out and said it publicly. We under the laws of armed conflict. Oh man, that's an interesting read. Yes, it is. It is. Yes. It is. So, yes. But hey, mm-hmm. I, I don't throw up all the screws on everything, but I just wanted to holler at you and let you know that we got them Toms listening. And for the Toms that I'm done, I'm about to take care of because of those so-called conversions, hint, hint, uh, right. they better get ready. <laughs> they better get ready because we're trying to get paid, man. I'm trying I, – I already contracted with them because they were acquiescence. They're agent of service and knows the demand. Didn't even know what to hit them. They were trying. They right. trying to. They was trying to figure it out. They was trying to figure it out. They they answered it three times on a recorded line. Huh? Can you say secretary of the navy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doctor Yale. I'll let you All later, right. man. Take it easy. Peace. Take it easy. Peace, peace. All right, y'all. Let me make a quick announcement. You know, I uh, posted something in my Facebook group where um, I am allowing people to, if you want to call it a contest, you can call it a contest. Well, if you have a document you want to read, you want to record it on your smartphone. Smartphone, believe it or not, has some very good audio. Um, And send it to me. I'm looking at one right now. Somebody just sent something to me. and if I, I'm going to listen to it, if it sounds good, your reading is good and everything, I will create a YouTube video, an audio book on YouTube based off of your reading. You know, I'm trying to get people to read as well and, uh, you know, put you out there too, you know, maybe introduce you to a new business for yourself, you know. Um, we need audio books for this movement. 
We need as many audio books. Uh, I, I mean, if you want to pull articles off of people, uh, a web page and read it. I got the Anna Von Reitz, Judge Anna Von Reitz got some good stuff. Um, you know, some, just a lot of people out there who got some good articles and so forth. You know, if you want to pull an article and you think it's real good, read the article. And let's make a, uh, a, a um, you know, an audio book out of it, put it on YouTube. I'll hook it all up, put some music with it, put the words on the screen. I do everything for you. And I do all the bells and whistles stuff. But you just do the reading and everything. And let's get a lot of audio books out there for our listeners, for other people and everything, so they can start, you know, because I'm just one person, you know, I got, I do an audio book a week, but if we have everybody doing it, we can have 10, 15, 20, 30 audio books every week, so think about that, and let me know, I right, send it to High Frequency Radio, I right, doesn't make, matter if you make any mistakes when you're reading, if you make a mistake, just keep reading, do the sentence over until you get it right, I will edit everything correctly, get a nice pace, make sure you have a nice voice, and pick and keep it about 30 minutes long, not too long. Okay, about 30 minutes long. All right, let me get back to the phone lines. Where I'm at right now. Let me go to uh three four six four three seven two. You're on the line. What you got for me? Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods, Yusuf. Peace to the gods. What's happening, bro? What you got? Man, look here, look, all I can say is the man like you said, Teddy Roosevelt, a man that can't govern himself must be governed. That's right. Can't govern yourself from the inside, then you must be governed from the outside. Exactly. And that spiritual esoteric law exists. Like um, I'm dealing with an artist right now, and and one of his lyrics is, uh, nothing is, nothing was. But everything created is by and for love. And when you do the anagram of love, that's evolve. That's right. So... Uh, Everything is made in love. Everything is made in love. Everything is made in love. That mirror mirror is real, you know. And when you look at the color of law and set it right next to natural law, you'll see the shading and the degrees of the shading. That's why, you know, Jay-Z say, man, there's levels to this shit. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like when I when when you look at uh uh the gentleman that called in earlier and I'm with him wholeheartedly about the um uh the the, the officers and knowing what to say. And it does matter your skin color when you go about this. It's not really about it, it, it what what really matters above skin color is where the skin color is and when 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 they approach you, when they accost you. It depends on what side of town you on you see what i'm saying when it well, gets real think, you know what i'm saying i'll be honest with you too i think it's how, how you present yourself too um you know I, I had a situation one time happen to me in south carolina i was in south carolina i was driving a mercedes benz i had it was, i was in a 550 i and i was with a young lady um we were coming from a wedding i was in um i was in a a suit I was suited up. She was dressed up. We both dressed up. We're not in a bad part of town. We're coming back to the hotel. I'm pulling in the hotel parking lot, and the police is coming out of the hotel parking lot. And he looks over at me as he passes by me, and I kind of looked at him, didn't think too much about it, went and parked the car. He busted you and came back. And I backed in the car. I parked in the parking lot and backed in the car, uh, backed in the parking lot. 
So he pulls up in front of me, you know, blocks me in with his police car, hit the lights, got the got the damn bright light shining on me too because it's it's at nighttime. And he gets out the car and walks up to the car, and he the first thing he says to me is. Let me see your driver's license. We've been having a lot of drug uh, activity in this area lately. And the girl, she was from South Carolina. She she said, that is so racist. That's the first thing she said. I said, what? What did you just say to me? I said, are you, am I to understand, sir, that you are under the impression that I'm a drug dealer because I ha- I'm in a nice car, all right, and I got to be a drug dealer? I said, let me get your business card. And call your supervisor right now. I'm a businessman. And immediately he backed up off of me. All right? You know, so it can be how you present your, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. If you can understand how to. You understand what I'm saying? It's like if if you're professional, if you uh, articulate yourself clearly, if you don't uh, seem to be a threat. Yes, I was angry. But I said I didn't. I didn't come across. Look, what are you talking about, man? I said, I said, am I understand that you are under the presumption that I'm some sort of drug dealer because I'm in a nice car? Is that what you just said to me? I didn't waste no time jaw jacking with him. I said, call your, uh, call your supervisor and let me get your business card because I want the business card because I need your name. They all have business cards and I need your name because if I get this lawsuit, okay, I'm gonna have your name and everything. There are certain things you can say to them that lets them know all right, that you're fucking up. And one of the biggest things I tell people all the time, the biggest thing you can do to a public servant is ask them what their name is. What, what is your name? Right, you, go, you come back and say, you know what? I'd like to get your name. I have your name, please. And be very courteous about it and let them know. Give them the impression that I, I'm fucking with somebody. I may not. I, I'm, I may have made a mistake. This might be some government official. Some I don't know exactly who I'm fucking with right now. This may be somebody very important I stumbled upon, and I thought was some uh, average person, but now I stumbled upon something that probably uh, probably could cost me my job. Right. You know that's how Absolutely. I present myself. That's how I presented myself. So it wasn't a thing where I didn't spend too much time talking to him. I said, get your supervisor and let me get your business card. Because I need that name. Because that lawsuit, that name that name is going to go in that lawsuit. And he didn't have no problem calling. And, 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 and you know what? And this is, is kind of what I um, pick up. Uh, I wanted to touch on the Jesse Owens situation. Because that's what You know, I can't, you know, I can't, you it's something wrong with your phone. It, you got it muffled. You sound real muffled now. What happened? I can't I'm hear you that well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was a, a caller that called in, uh, I think a couple of days, day before yesterday, maybe yesterday, that talked about the state, pa- I mean, the passport and issue, giving it to a agent, sheriff, or some uh, officer and getting... Uh, uh, the the agent said, "Nice separation." 
or good separation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that call. Yeah, I remember. The, I remember. And you, you know, listen, you into this long enough, you'll run into stuff like that. Stuff like that's gonna happen. I, I got a lot of stories like that. I got a lot of stories like that. You know, you know, because I've been doing it for a long time. You're gonna run in if you do this long enough. Somebody's gonna say something to you like that. It's gonna happen. You do it oh, long yeah, enough. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So, absolutely. If something's going to happen that's going to confirm for you that you're on the right course and you're doing the right thing. And that might sometimes look like you actually getting pulled up on by one of the agents. Uh, Like I said, I was able to share that. I was able to share that with you on a prior episode that I got to see for my specific situation about that do not detain list. And I didn't see no do not detain list. I just saw a blank screen. Uh, my my, uh, what he says in that video about the police not confirming because you know I got friends who are in the police, and what I do this is how I do. I always catch somebody off guard and ask them a question. Look at their facial expression. Right. I I look for body language because I know I'm not gonna get no no uh, direct answer. answer. You know, yeah. so like for instance, this one time I was in a in a proceeding with someone, and uh, we were in arbitration. He was, it was a criminal case, and he was having a discussion with the uh, with his attorney. He asked me to come in and sit down and have a discussion. He gave me permission to sit with his attorney. So, you know, his attorney's sitting there talking to him about he need to take a plea, being very arrogant and everything. And uh, I just bust out and called him off guard. I said, let us get the bid bond. Mm. And he cracked his smile on his face and said back, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, how you know that kind of thing, you know. It's like you just catch them off guard. They're not ready. And you can see, you know, he saw it too. I said, yeah, I said, let's get the bid bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't get no chance to say, what are you talking about or nothing like that. From this smile on his face, everything, and look, all of us in the room know there is a bid bond. Now, he's not going to admit it, but it caught him off guard. You know, you catch him off guard and everything, you know, they're not prepared for it. Their mind is somewhere else. You got to learn how to, especially in court, you got to learn how. That's why I tell people, I say, look, a lot of the stuff y'all hear me say on the radio, they're going to be ready for. So you got to learn how to develop your own approach. And how you learn how to do that is through understanding principles. But you got to sit back and think, okay, but, you know, me- I think, I, I, but I, I like what you just said there. And I, and I studied you for, for quite a minute and the information you turned me on to, especially with that uh, the Don Quixote joint, the common law. Right. But uh, right. he, and if you go in and you don't let them know you're coming in in a certain capacity and special appearance or what have you, and you show up talking jar jacking in front of 100, 250, court. they're going to go you know off on saying? you. But if you handle, if you do it in the private through the, 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 the mail, postal mail service, you know what I'm saying? If you do it through that private capacity, that's what I did. And I took, your example of your story with the GSA bonds and then uh, the 24, 25, uh, and 25A. And it worked. And it worked for you. They they filed it and they sent it back to me. Okay, here's the thing. You know, when you go in, um, um, when when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about dishonorable people. You know, you go in, Mm -hmm. you know, my thing is this with them. Look, I'm going to try to do this private. We don't need to make all these people see everything. But then, you know, you test me and everything like I'm not intelligent or something. Uh, you know, because you're going to have judges like that. 
That's what people don't understand. All these judges ain't the same. Some of them are racist. Some of them are, you know, assholes. Some of them might just had a bad day, you know, or something like that. And you're going to come in there, and they're going to take you to task. They're going to try to take you down through there. And you got to be ready for those kind of judges. So that's when I'm like, okay, you want to play this game? All right. I'm, I, tried, I tried to, you know, do this privately, but you seem to want to make a spectacle out of it and want to uh, try to make mm-hmm. me look stupid, like what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? Uh, really, you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, well, let's go there. You want to play this game? See, because the thing about it is a lot of them ain't, a lot of them are not as sharp as they put out to be. And the sharpest, right. you know, there's, there's a perception and a facade that comes along with these people, too. And uh, a lot of times, you know, you may be even sharper on a particular subject than they are. And they try to take you to task on it. And you got to be able to be, if you're just as swift as they are, and basically ans- asking questions, answering questions with questions, understanding jurisdiction, understanding what they're trying to do and everything, and where they're trying to maneuver you, where you can maneuver back, you know, you give them, you give them a run for their money. But I, I agree I with you. I, I, you know what? I took I took that what you said when you were um, when you were teaching that concept when you say you had first got um, uh, into the information and you know with the discharging and stuff and you was right. like you wasn't playing with them. You went to you went to the uh, the Aston Martin dealership. You 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 getting in? You trying to do it big? So I did somewhat yeah. similar. <laughs> yeah, I did somewhat similar. You know, but it was you after know. I had understood the information and I can go from the tax to the accounting to the trust to the contract aspects of law. And exactly. The general exactly. manager the general manager of the dealership was like, you know what, I really want to sell you these uh these two Jaguars, uh, but you just sound way too rehearsed. That's really? what he told me. I said he told me I sound way too rehearsed and you, you know, here they had a few situations where fraud had some, took place where a dude came up on, you know, a seven, uh, not a seven, uh, S550 Mercedes-Benz based on some cashier's check or whatever it was, how he did it from state to state. He explained the situation to me where he's like, man, you really, really have a grasp on this thing that I don't nothing of, but I kind of do know. He is if like he he's said, certain, if he would, and this is the general would, manager of the dealership. If you would have said that to me, I'd say, well, you know, there is a verse in the Bible that says, prepare your words and you will be listened to. I think everyone in any type of profession uh, rehearses what they're going to say, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not knowledgeable about my particular, about the particular subject matter. Why don't you do this for me? Why don't you take that and let's send it to your chief financial officer. Let him look it over. I, then you get back with me and let me know how it goes from there. Okay, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, like come come back mm-hmm. at him with something like that because really the only people in these corporations that know how to do this stuff are the CEOs and the CFOs. Everybody else just right. think they know. All right, everybody everybody else these are the only people that got access to all of this kind of stuff. So you know you say you know you say that to him. You say look, they send it to the chief financial officer. Okay, he was kind of nervous. He was nervous. I, yeah, you know, there's nothing to be nervous about. I'm not gonna take possession of the car. <laughs> And I told him well, that, that I shared about. with him. I did share I, that you know, with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not taking possession of the car. I'm not leaving with the car. I'm perfectly confident in what I'm talking about. So why don't you give it to And so is your CFO. This may be beyond the scope of your understanding and in, in doing international trade. So I'm going to suggest that you go ahead and put that in somebody's hands who's competent enough to go over all these documents and even get back with me at a later time. We can have a further discussion with this in about, you know, a couple of days after this. Just get back with me, okay? Why don't you do that for me? 
Something like yeah. that, you know, make always make yourself seem like, you know, that not seem, but always uh uh re uh re uh re you know, re um what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> uh to support. You know, you got to mm-hmm. You got to make you got to make sure that look, I know any doubt that you got in your mind is just you. I know what I'm talking about. All right, you may you may not understand all of this, but I know what I'm talking about. I'm confident in what I'm doing. Okay? And you need to send this off to the CFO. I had to see, you know, CFO send it to Spain and then tell the CFO make sure they have instructions, make sure you have a claim on it. Make sure you have a claim on it. Because they will keep Make it. Make sure you tell them how to deposit it. Make sure you tell them how to deposit <laughs> Don't deposit it. It's not for collections. It's not for collections either. <laughs> not for collections. All right. This is something that's going to be legend in your books. All right. So you don't need to explain that to all them. No, you don't need to be trying to explain that to them anyway. You know, really to tell you the truth, what I do, I don't be talking to them finance managers and all that. The only, only reason I'm talking to him is I want to come in there and give me a purchase order. The purchase order is yeah. the only thing that you need to get from him and everything. Have him well, signed. I think what, you, what had him, I think what had him shook, what had him shook in my situation. I didn't go in and ask for a purchase order. I asked for the bill of sale, which they all oh, that's you know the same thing. I said, well, let me get it then, and so yeah. I can you know do what I need to do with my estate and administrate it and yeah. tender payment for you know. And if he said, he if says, you put that purchase, you put that on that purchase order, they can't sell that card. First thing he's supposed to do, go and put it on a UCC three. They can't sell yeah. that car, put a claim on it. You put a claim on it. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. He wouldn't give me the bill of sale. He wouldn't even give me the purchase order because of what happened in this they particular area on the dealership right across the way. He don't have to do business with you if he don't want to, unfortunately. But he did. No, this is what he said. He said, I'll, oh. I'll let you loose with it for 2500 You could have did that as consideration. You could have negotiated. Said, mm-hmm. "Look, give me a, a thousand. Get consideration. I'll give you. I'll give you consideration to make it binding because you do have to give something to make it a binding contract. You know, you do the same thing in real right. estate. You know, we if I sign a uh, a uh, real estate contract would give me thirty days to close. I'm gonna give them a dollar as consideration. I give them one dollar, ten dollars as consideration to make the contract binding. You could have fired yeah. back and said, okay, we'll do it.' Because he was asking for consideration is what he was asking for." Because you're doing a contract, he wants twenty five hundred dollars. But I said, okay, we know five hundred. Mm-hmm. Let's make it five hundred. That make you feel comfortable. Everything is everything. <laughs> you know, like, listen, man, yeah. you gotta you let me negotiation is a course I took. Okay, negotiation is a skill that can get you money and get you in many doors. Is learning how to negotiate. And I, one thing about negotiation, the first rule: he who names the price first. Loses. Mm. Remember that. That's the first golden rule. He who names the price first loses. And he lost because he said $2,500. I got his ass. He said $2,500. I know where we I know where we at now. <laughs> I might have yeah. said 5000 yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might have right, said 5000 right, right. you, know? you don't know. He said 2500 I talk him down. And he can be talked down. I give you 1000 I'll hear I'll give you a thousand yep. right now. All right. Binding contract. Yep. You got a contract. They gotta give you the card too. Give me the keys. Give me the keys. Give the, uh, everything. Here's the contract. Hit me back. Let me know. Process it this way. Here's a thousand dollars. Right. Hey, you know what I'm saying? 
So, it's, but it's about negotiation. You going in there, how you present yourself, um, you know, all that. You know, just like you know, I, like I went back and forth with Austin Martin. I wanted that Austin Martin so bad, but he understood. Like a lot of the people who deal with internet, it's like this guy at a Porsche dealership told me. He said, them people at Ford and all that kind of stuff, they don't understand it because they don't deal with international trade. He said, but we, you know, we bring these, these cars in from overseas and other things. We understand what you're talking about. That international bill of exchange, baby. Exactly, exactly. You know what we're talking about. They know. He said, we, yeah, we know what you're talking about. They, the other people don't, though. And then if you get real lucky, you will find somebody who understands the process, who's done the process before. But that's like finding a needle in a haystack. That's like finding right. a needle in a haystack. But if you get lucky enough, you will run across somebody who understands it and they'll they go ahead and do it for you. You know, but you got like, the, lady, the, fi- like the finance manager. The finance manager at Land Rover hit me with um, when I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm uh, my I'm doing I'm tra- uh, conducting a uh, transaction through my estate, and the the uh, conveyance will be um, in the name of the trust." Oh, we do that all the time. Yeah, no problem. But how are you taking care of the payment? International bill of exchange uh, via Fedwire, electronic phone transfer. Okay, well, fill out this form, right? No, no, no. See what I'm saying? They want you to take their form to do it, but it's like, nah, 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 nah. Let me get that work order. Let me get that purchase order. Yeah, but see, that's why you got to come in and be just like you're dealing with a debt collector. You know, a debt collector, a debt collector have you believe that they work for the goddamn federal government or something, how they talk to you on the phone. You know, he's like, yeah, but yeah. who are you talking to, man? You know what I'm saying? We need to get, <laughs> you know, like, you know, they call the phone all serious. Yeah, we need to get your name and address and your current uh, address and everything we get. I'm like, man, who is this, man? Who are you? Who are you? You know what I'm saying? And I just mm-hmm. turn it back around on them, and they come to that real authoritative type thing. And I'm like, same thing with the dealership. It's like, nah, what we're going to do is I need to get a purchase order, and this is how we're going to transact business. I don't need to fill out no uh, credit applications or nothing like that. Because you know what? The reason they want you to fill out a credit application because if you get denied, they still can monetize it. Mm-hmm. Y'all mm-hmm. hear what I'm saying? Exactly. They still can monetize those credit applications because they got your information. You put your signature on that thing, baby. That's what they're doing. And more with than it, likely, you, know, you gave them a social. It's it's a negotiable instrument. It's the government got them got car and those are negotiable instruments. So yeah, you know, you're giving them that. And I don't give them that information. Do not car a car dealership is what a financial institution. I just said that earlier. Dealerships are financial institutions. That's under Title Title Fit Thirty One, or what is it, Thirty One. Yeah, they got they, that's why they can in-house finance. Uh, title 31, United States Code 5312, uh, 2, and you go down, you'll see that, and pawnbroker, loan finance, travel agency, insurance company, a telegraph, business right there at T, a business engaged in vehicle sales, including automobile, airplane, and boat sales. All right, so if you're a business engaged in vehicle sales, you're a financial institution. What is a car dealership? A business involved in vehicle sales. So you're going into a financial institution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's they, like, got the hey, finance, they got the finance department. 
Pass exactly. <laughs> like a bank. They're running credit, doing everything up in there. The financial institution. You know, people need to wake up and see what's going on, you know. But hey man, look, I got hey, look, I sold I, I sold cars, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Cash yeah. king, no matter where you go. But yeah, do well, your right, thing, man. Yeah. Peace. All right, peace, brother. Peace, peace, peace. Yeah, you know, you're going to the financial institution when you go up in there, man. Shit. Get on back on the phone. 512-9202. You're on the line. What's on your mind? High frequency radio. What you got for me? 512 Eric Go. Peace to the God. Peace, Peace to the, to the God. God, bro. What's happening? Oh man, good to good to talk to you, brother. I've been listening to you now for about a year. Uh I have a few questions. I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I know it's a lot of people that want to talk to you. Right, right, uh, right. And one comment, uh recently uh I, I listened to one of your uh your interviews with the, the folks that uh, the two authors that uh wrote the book uh Passing the Buck. Right. So I was uh, so intrigued glad that I got the first volume, finished reading it, and knew I needed to get the second volume. So I ordered it and it'll actually be here tomorrow. And my question to that is uh you were doing some uh webinars on the trust. Yeah. And my question was uh with that uh are you basing some of what you're doing, your webinars, off their uh, volume two book? No, I'm not. Um, I got my own, uh, me and uh, me and her, you know, I know her very well. And uh, uh, she's looked at some of my material that I have, and uh, she put gave the thumbs up on it. Um, but I'm not basing, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I kind of left Gwen's stuff alone out of respect uh, uh, more so than anything. Uh, but, uh, Gwen gave me a lot of information as far as, you know, how to do studies and everything. So what I do on the webinars is I show you how to, how to study. Okay. How to study. Meaning like the next, next show I'm doing, we're going to go over case law. You know, I read a lot of case law. You learn a lot in cases. And just then when people come into court, you know, like you got this, uh, this misconception that you don't have to pay no taxes. If you got a, like you got a private trust. And that's partially true, but it's all based down to administration of the trust. All right, how's the trust being administered? And what kind of, what is the substance of the transactions that the trust is engaged in? You know, so I show examples of that when we go into the, into the case law of people who didn't got hit with deficiency judgments. That's when you didn't administrate your trust correctly and it got construed as a partnership or an association. All right, though you need to see examples of that because that's something that's prominent that she's going to discuss in her book. All right, that you're going to see prominently. She gives you a lot of case law, obviously, but you go and read the case itself. I go and go through the entire case and show you how to read the case. All right, that's what I helped me a lot in my understanding of the subject is reading cases because, you know, I already had a background in reading cases. So it wasn't nothing for me to trans, uh, you know, go over that. So what I'm trying to help my students do is learn how to read a case, learn how to read a case. You're going to learn a lot from reading case. That's what they do to you in law school. Take you through case law. So you can understand the principles that are being applied in the decisions and also what not to do, what not to do. You know, also you can get good ideas uh, from what you're going to put in indenture agreements and things like that. Cause you'll find stuff in cases like, man, I never thought about that. I could put that clause in my indenture agreement of my trust and use that very same 
uh, principle that he just put in his and use it in mine, as well as find out how to use your trust to make money with. You know, you'll see all kind of examples. In the case law is a is a is a cornucopia. It is a wealth of information uh, that can lead you. Those two books though are worth their weight in gold as well. Though you don't have many people out there writing books like that. You don't. And if and the information that is out there is not published. The book I got is written by an attorney, but it's not published. He didn't publish it. He okay. does everything so, privately. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So the next question is two parts. Uh, your SPC uh, Secure Party course you have uh-huh. on your website, uh, is that up to date? And will that also give me uh, access to your webinar? Yes, it will. Yeah, it's up to date. I mean, you know, what I try to do with SBC is show y'all how to – really what I want people to do is start doing their own process. The process ain't never changed. It ain't never changed. Let me, let me tell you about SBC. You go out there and you look at these people who got this, what well, is new way of doing things. Like when you look at Redemption 5, Redemption 5 is just an idea that people already had. You taking it – because they understood that you're talking about a UCC contract trust. So – so it's like somebody listened to me on the radio say it a couple of years ago and went and wrote Redemption 5. That's why I don't like the manual. It seemed like somebody was listening to me and said, I said, you know, you can just cast this into the form of a trust. It's all just a trust. It's a trust. That's what it is. And all your documents that you're looking at ain't nothing but trust documents. They just trust documents. So it's not that it's some right way of doing it. It's understanding that you're dealing with a trust. You need to understand trust law. You can draft a trust in any kind of way you want to. That's one of the general principles of trust law. You put a trust in any form you want to. And that was my thinking. Yeah, that was my thinking with that was my thinking with getting uh, both volumes of uh, passing a book because I, I did want to understand trust law and go and make that. I just wanted to make that my starting point, and I wanted to also uh, do the secure party process. Uh, 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 that's on your website. Uh, to, it would definitely be. That process. Let, me, let me tell you about the secure party product because it takes a little time to understand it. When you understand it, it helps you in business. I just helped me tremendously. I, I, you know, y'all hear me talk on the radio when I say interest in things. I say value comes from interest in things, not the thing itself. Value comes from interest in things, not the thing itself. I, I get value for my negotiable instrument by having an interest in your car. Not the, I don't need to own the car. I just need to have an interest in it in the form of a lien. I don't need to own your house. I just need to have an interest in it in the form of a mortgage. I don't need to own you. I just need to have an interest in your labor. I, just in anything in society today, that's because there's no money. There's no money. So uh, what took the place of that is negotiable instruments. And and negotiable instruments operate around securitization and perfection of security interests. So once you understand that and everything, you know, you can see, you will see, understand the problem. You can use it in anything. You understand? You understand how to do business. Teach you business, man. Look at it. You know, teach you business. And that's my goal. You know, I have to learn the processes and uh, uh, the concepts so I can uh, teach it uh, down the line. Uh, next question, uh, two parts. Uh, 
if you are in a federal employee, um, to help me understand the 1099 OID process, well, I know that the federal employees can use that on their on their uh, W-2. Uh, so my question is, would they be able to use it on uh, uh, other aspects of uh, that they actually uh, using credit for? And if, uh, would they be able to get to use that process for that, even though that they are? Federal, federal well, first of, all, first of all, it sounds like you put me on speakerphone, so if other people listening, I can't hear what you just said, one. Number two, well, you talking about a 1099 OID, or you talking about a 1099 for somebody who's a contracting as an employee? You know, those two separate uh, things. A 1099, a 1099 OID is an original issue discount. You're issuing a negotiable instrument, and you put an 8281 with it. I, you're issuing something. You're issuing an instrument. Have you ever looked at a, a, a 1099, read a 1099 OID, what it says? Uh, I haven't. I glanced over it, but I didn't, okay. go, uh, I didn't go in detail. All right, let me, let me do that for all my listeners and everything. You know, 1099 OID, I'm coming off the IRS website. And you can read publication 1212. It's publication 1212. That is for the 1099 OID. It, it explains to you everything you need to know and blow this up. Let me see. And it tell you right here. It says, uh, this publication has two purposes. Its primary purpose is to help brokers and other middlemen identify publicly offered original issue discount debt instruments they may hold as nominees for the true owners so they can file Forms 1099-OID or Forms 1099-INT as required. The other purpose of this publication is to help owners of publicly offered OID instruments determine how much OID to report on their income tax returns. The list of publicly offered OID instruments, OID list, is on the IRS website. So, you know, you see it right here, what it's for. It tells you what it's for. It's for issuers of instruments. It also tells you on here you got to file an 8281. Tells you right in the instructions. Okay, everything is that you need to know is right here. So I wasn't understanding what you were saying. You know, when you're talking about can you use it for an employee or what? I wasn't understanding what you were talking about. How you trying to mix 1099 OID for what you was talking about by being an employee of the government? Uh, the way I understood it was that um, that in doing the 1040. Tax returns. If you were a federal employee, uh, I understand that uh, that yeah. the federal employee has to pay taxes on that. But, well, uh, you know, they call it a federal employee. They call it a federal employee, but I don't even look at it like that. I look at it as a minimum contact. Anything that is within the United States, you got to pay a tax on. It's not just because you're a federal employee. You know, people people will say that when they say that when you see that in the instructions. A federal employee happens to be within the United States. That's why they say that. It's everything that's within the United States you pay tax on. Because tax law is public law. Anything that is they own, you, they can tax. You, you connect it with them in any kind of way. Okay, so if you're going to look for some sort of, um, to mitigate your tax exposure, it's going to come through their permission. It would, meaning in the form of deductions or exemptions or something like that. Okay, but when you don't pay taxes or something like that, that comes on the private side. It's that simple. 
It's not very complex. Okay. It's public and private. So go ahead. I appreciate your uh, your time and uh, the questions that you asked for me. I'll be uh, signing up for that course this evening, and uh, we, we're going to go uh, go from there. Peace. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Peace, brother. Peace, peace, peace. All right. Let's get back to the phone line. Let me go. Let me talk to my co-host, Saul Saul Stop, brother. Peace to the gods. Peace to the peace gods. Peace. peace to the gods. Peace. Big brother Yusuf, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, brother. How you doing, bro? What's going on? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. I just wanted to jump in, you know, say peace. And also, you know, y'all were talking about trust earlier. But more specifically, you know, secure party process, secure party credit, the way I look at it. You just ex- you know, when you do that process, you're just exercising your powers of amendment. Yeah, all you're doing is all you're doing all you're doing is setting up a way to issue instruments and have notices applied to it and and show the public where the value of the instrument is coming from. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's like if you're not gonna do private banking, you don't really need to do the process. It's for if you're gonna write a negotiable instrument like a bill of exchange or a promissory note, okay. Well, you have to give under UCC 3-302, okay, there's a hold in due course. Uh, it tells you in there what constitutes a hold in due course. A hold in due course has to have notice. Now, a holder can become a hold in due course if he receives an instrument without notice. All right? So if you don't receive notice that there is a hold in due course, he becomes a hold in due course. So and in order to be a hold in due course, you have to have uh, to get uh, access to UCC 3-305 and UCC 3-306. You need to be a holder in due course. I had to give notice of a claim on that instrument. So what the commercial chamber does, it allows you a vehicle for you to give notice of your interest in an instrument. When you attach a UCC 3 to it, a UCC 3 is an addendum or a collateral ad. You can check the box collateral ad every time you issue an instrument. And it's letting them know that this particular instrument is mine I put a notice of it in the commercial chamber, okay, and amended it to my UCC-1, and now I'm attaching this UCC-3 to this negotiable instrument. Now you have noticed that this instrument, I am the holder in due course of this instrument. You do the same thing with your birth certificate. You give in a, you send in a bond to the Treasury Department. You put that bond on your UCC-1. I, you made a copy of it. You let them know I, that I got a claim on this bond. That's why you're filing the UCC-1. That's the main reason you're filing the UCC-1 is for that bond. Okay, I got a bond here. I'm hitting, handing it to the Secretary of Treasury. But there is a notice of claim attached to that bond. Okay, where does the bond receive its value from? In the collateral ad, okay, I put, I've encumbered all of my property and put it on there. This is what I have an interest in all of my property. I don't have the property itself. I don't need to, but I have an interest. I have an interest in my labor. I have an interest in my house. I have an interest in my car. I have an interest in my children. You know, these are mine, you know, and the fruits of their labor or anything, other fruits and everything that you may deem that you have some sort of uh, uh, priority interest in, okay? Uh, Some sort of presumption of a priority interest. So I'm rebutting that factually here with this particular document and letting you know I've cast all this into trust, okay, and I'm going to be writing instruments to offset obligations in the public. It's a private banking process. That's it. That's it. Would, that's it. <laughs> right. it, don't serve, it don't really serve no other purpose other than that. 
I also wanted to jump into, um, I like how you said that. That's why, you know, I love it when you, when you explain the specific points because, you know, I mean, as a big brother, it's just, to me, it's just raw. But I do want to, you mind if I uh, read? Yeah, can I read you can take of, over. Um, I need to use the bathroom real quick. Take over for me for a second. <laughs> I got you. I'll be right back. Okay, y'all. so um, convention, because I'm talking, I'm talking about trust. And if you know me, peace, y'all. My name is So L. I host a show on High Frequency Radio Network here called, <clears throat> excuse me, called The Foundation. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, you know, and mainly mostly discussing the instrumentalities of business and the foundational functions and administration. So the entity. And, speak, you know, when I'm talking about entity, I guess, I want to be specific and say that um, when you're dealing with trust, uh, you want to be specific in how you how you burden the specific contract. So there's specific powers with trust, you know, but also there's specific, you know, things that you got to know and understand. Number one, one of the main things, um, and Brother Yusuf was talking about interesting things, you know, and I want to break it down. If a trust cannot produce its own cash flow, then it's a grantor trust, and the grantor remains taxable. All irrevocable trusts must produce their own income. So that's where we get into interest. And interest in specific contracts granting interest can um, produce income to an entity. So you want to be specific. But looking at this convention on the law applicable to trusts and their recognition, this is what people a lot of talks a lot of times talk about the Hague Convention. You know, in Article Six it says the trust shall be governed by the, by the law chosen by the settler, you know, or grantor. Choice must be expressed or implied in the terms of the instrument creating or the writing evidencing the trust, interpreted, if necessary, in the light of circumstance of the case, but specifically where the law chosen under the previous paragraph does not provide for trust or the category of trust involved, the choice shall not be effective and the law specified in Article 7 shall apply. <laughs> Article 7, where no applicable law is chosen, a trust shall be governed by law with which it is most closely connected. This would include the place of administration, the situs of the assets, the place in residence or business of the trustee, and the objects of the trust, and the places where they are to be fulfilled. So basically, if you don't invoke you know, the jurisdiction within the trust itself uh, and proper jurisdiction is going to be interpreted with regards to the local or statutory laws with these other, you know, these other considerations. And the reason why I bring this up, you know, a lot of people, we talk about, um, you know, discharge and, and 1099 OID and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I feel like that's more personal that's more selfish, more specifically. It is. You know, because how, how are we um, um, administering business with, with regards to the family and to the last name or to the lineage, you know? And when you get set up properly in a proper structure and you start thinking less about you as an individual 
more about your family and then, you know, your outer circles of the people that you deal with who you may or may not designate as family. You start looking at different vehicles to um, achieve such a goal, and such vehicles are private placement accounts. You should look up with a private placement account and understand that an individual cannot set this up, whether you're doing 1099 OIDs or not. Founder stock. You should look in the founder stock, see exactly what it is versus common stock, and see what entities are allowed to participate in the purchase of founder stock. And you understand it's not an individual, whether you 1099 OID or not. And also looking into endowments. Specifically, an endowment is a contract between a hospital, university, or a college. And it's, it's, a, it's a specific amount. It all, it all, it's all been done through trust. It has to be done through trust, right? Exactly. An individual can't do it. It's a specific amount that is gifted or granted to the hospital, college, university. And that amount is put, put into a specific account that only hospitals, universities, and colleges have access to in the banking system. And they can, these accounts produce, you know, five, 10, 15, sometimes 30% interest on the deposit. And the interest on that grant or that deposit that you get in this hospital, university, or college is split, depending on the contract, between the family trust and the hospital, university, or college. And it, this is all about getting enough money into or enough currency fiat or whatever you say into a specific industry so that the proceeds are equal or greater to than what you're making on your own like you individually so you can sit back and really start doing different things with your family with your tribe with your community on a on a multi-generational basis and I feel like this if you're not thinking multi-generational, you're dead. Okay, you know, wake. All, all this stuff a, a trust is set up for is that's the sole purpose for is multi-generational. That's why you put setting right. it up. That's why you set it up. And you're absolutely correct, brother. Um, you know, I I, I looked at platform trading, uh, the thing with the dinars. I, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and one thing, even with this thing with um, discharging debt. Uh, through the DTC, you know everything that I've seen involves you setting up a trust. Every single thing, without exception. I mean, <laughs> not one thing. I go so far as to say that discharge can be achieved through other entities beyond the social and the straw. No, it's not. It, it just has to have some value somewhere, but. I'm going to say this. This is what I see. I see that how they operate in the public is everything has to have some sort of purpose for the public. Yes. Some yes. sort of commercial. Yes. Some sort of commercial. You have to provide a good or service to the public. Yeah, for, for the public. Otherwise, you have no access to the public to generate tr- or true access to the public to generate any types of income. Because you're not you're not offering a true good or service that is beneficial to the public. 
and that's what it is. And that's when you start getting into entities like private foundations that are structured and organized, like you hear Carnegie Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundations. These, these types of entities um, have a public benefit in mind, but are governed by a private contractual in, uh, instrument. If you understand contracts, it's specific, like, like Bill Gates. Bill Gates was dealing with those Microsoft Monopoly charges. Um, you could tell when he figured out the information, because once he did, he gifted his um, foundation that he, that he got organized, all of his uh, stock in Microsoft, and turned around and did the first and largest dividend distribution ever in Microsoft history. Yeah, they say he gave away all his. He say he gave all his money away. He did. Uh, what they say he did the biggest donation ever in history, like forty billion dollars, yep. something like that. Yep, to his own but private he, family foundation. I was about and to say, he did received, he really give his money away? Did he really give it away? He did. <laughs> he did technically because he owns nothing. He understands it, so he, no, he has control. Yeah. He, has control. he has control of that entity, that foundation. But you know, there's also other people on that on the board of trustees. You know that are adverse. I mean, his wife is on there as well. You know, um, he's on the um, he's on the foundation um, of the council yeah, on foundations. Explain you know? explain what you meant when you just said adverse. That was very key. What you just said. What did you mean when you said adverse? Explain to the listeners. There, there are people uh, on the board who are adverse to Bill Gates. You have to have what? You can't have just everybody. You know. On there, just his. You got to have somebody adverse trustee, right? Right. So, like, you know, if you got a family trust, it can't. You know, you're, if you're smart, not all the trustees of the family trust are actual family members. No, that's that's where you kind of want to kind of want to be moving on that situation because you know that that shows that you know um, you know you don't you're not really. Basically, it, show, it, it shows, uh, you know, clean hands and some arms length going on. Clean hands, yeah, going. exactly. That's arms the limp. that you're looking to push. Yeah. Arms limp, clean hands, a, bi- a business purpose is also needed. Right. All, right. All these different things, you know. I just wanted to point that out uh, for the listeners, but you're doing good. I'm, I'm listening. I also, but you're- <laughs> I also want to say, man, you know, we out here ministering trust and you know, when you're using federal, the use of Federal Reserve notes must be reported, whether the report itself is private or not. You know, um, if you if you issuing, you know, specific uh, re- reporting, which is you know, be a 1041 return or something like that. I don't, you know, the, the biggest red flag is no distributions, y'all. And distribution, you know, to the beneficiaries when you putting in when you putting in these uh, 1041s. Well, that's true, but you, can have, but you can have in the uh, trust instrument when distribu- distribution could occur at the termination of the trust. Doesn't necessarily that, have to be, it doesn't have necessarily true, be monthly, uh, quarterly, or let's, yearly. Let's just you know? say, uh, you know, let's just say I'm speaking specifically to those who, you know, are looking to reduce or minimize taxation on a, you know, and looking to substantiate some sort of legal basis for that. Right. No, that's that, that's all I'm saying. You know, um, when it comes to interfacing right. with the Internal Revenue Service, you know, <clears throat> if you if you 
slutter. And and Yusuf will agree, I know, I can speak for him, like, unless you're tested, all the stuff is uh, uh, theory. It's all theory, theory. theoretical. It sounds <laughs> it's all, good. It's all, it's all hyperbole. It sounds uh, good. You know, that's what I'm saying. When I first went through it, you know, I'm, I was reading everything. And, you know, it sounds good. It's a real interesting subject. You know, you begin into it until you get to the uh, point yeah. where you get tested on what you know, and then that's when it becomes alive to you. And that's what, you know, the purpose of that I started this station, you know, it morphed into a lot of different things over the years. Um, I kind of miss the old days, but in the old days and everything, you know, it was just to spread awareness because what I got mad about, what angered me was they could take one person who knew a lot of information and hide them. You know, that was the, that was the primary thing that pissed me off is like you find out secrets and things like that then, you know, if they don't want other people to know, you know, people really don't know how vicious the United States government can be. If you've never been yeah. in on their clutches before, they can be very, very vicious, very, very vicious. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm trying to spread awareness, you know, okay, you know, and that's kind of like what Trump is doing to other people, in my opinion, in his own kind of way is what he's doing is like, Hey, look, you got to wake people up. And if you want the world to change, the only way it's going to change is you got to be informed. You got to stop walking around here, looking at TV, looking at the game. And, you know, just, you're just uh, uh, interested in a whole bunch of mundane shit, getting your hair done, you know, just, you know, just things like buying what's the latest Jordan came out, you know, just things like that. You got to really get interested in things. And that does start with, you know, your family. Your family is your business. And setting you up a trust and, you know, understanding how to administer that properly and be thinking about generational wealth, setting yourself up, you know, for – your family, because your family uh, nation is composed of families. Understanding what your right to privacy is. Uh, you have a right to privacy. But how am I going to effectively implement privacy in a world, and the kind of world that we're in today, where everything is monopolized by a corporate entity? And the only way I've seen to be able to do that is through a trust. Through trust. Through a trust, or several trusts. Yeah, several trusts. Absolutely. Do it, I mean, I'll say, uh, you know, you got to make it look like, you know, you got to substanti- substantiation is the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, that trust stuff and um, being in the mind state of I am not the trust, the trust is not me, as well as uh, if I had a job, like if this was my job working for the trust and there was people who could fire me, what I, would I not be doing, you know, to get fired? And that's, I think that's the same, one of the best ways to kind of, you know, get your mind ready for the proper administration of trust. It doesn't matter if your last name's on, you got to follow the contract. You don't follow the contract, there's, you know, there's consequences. And really, in this, and on this side, with everyone trying to move private and do this, you know, to this private dance, um, real consequences are going to be uh, financial or so-called financial and uh, energy and time, which was one of the biggest ones. That goes from, you know, having to do a bunch of study or whatever or having to sit down on one of them government-sponsored vacations because they got you. <laughs> Either way, it's not worth it. Either way, it's not right. worth it. You sit down and you'd be like, man, I should have studied. I should have whatever I could have. That's one of the main things, the main no-nos of trustee administrator. Uh, should have, could have, would have, those things don't work. Can't do it. 
Exactly. It's 100% responsibility over here. 100%. You get to talking different. You get to thinking different. So you interact different. You know, when, when your people talking to you, especially, you know, these people who are in supposed positions of authority, these, you know, policy enforcers, police officers or whatnot, they've been trained to detect deception. And you may be like, you know, I don't care. I don't care or whatever. I ain't telling nobody nothing. But it's a character flaw when we out here lying. Because lying, the worst thing about lying is, is what it does to your, you know, spirit. Or what the person who's lying. They put, you know, a mark on there or something. And I ain't marking on my spirit for nobody. I ain't lying to nobody. And that, that puts forth a different energy. So when, these food, when you're dealing with these people or you're dealing with the public, you're going to start dealing with them in a different way. And, and, and that is one of, the, one of the main reasons you're going to start moving forward because all that angry stuff and all that um, uh, confrontational type mind state ain't going to get you nowhere. Off top. It's not going to get so you nowhere. The society um, uh, brainwashed to think people who look like us are already violent anyways. And we're the first ones to die in movies. So, hey, man, let's, you know, they spend stuff like that. So it's like there's a different mind state that needs to take place. But that first mind state is be like, I am not doing this for me. I'm doing this for my family. And I receive specific benefits because of that altruistic mind state with regards to my family. That's it. That's the only way you get it. It's just like I said, when I first got into this, um, very first got into this, I I talked to, it was a white guy, man. I don't know who he was. He knew all of this stuff. And he just explained it to me. He said, um, he said, yeah, he said, there are, there are families that know all, he said, uh, there are communities. He said, the people who really do this, do this in communities. He said, they own a lot of land. They own a lot of real estate, everything they do. And it's community type things. The whole community of people who know the information, who operate together. You know, that's where we haven't gotten from yet is this uh, individual. That's why we have so many problems. It's like you're supposed to form your community and put your, uh, you're supposed to be forming a community based off of this. That's how you form yeah. community. Yes. What it is, you know, I'm telling you. Hey, man, let me pull up another another caller real quick. Let somebody, I'll okay, leave your yeah. mic open. Bro. I'm leaving your mic open. 619-3209. You're on the line. What's on your mind? 619, Eric. Peace, peace. Peace, what's that? Peace. How's everything going? All right, great, bro. Great. Feeling good. Oh, it's crazy. Oh man, this is my first time calling in, man. I'm I'm in Charlotte, man. My name's Jay. I just want to say peace, man. I've been listening to you guys for for, for about two years straight, man. Um, so there, peace, man. I was on all your shows, man. You would trust Christian the vote. Welcome to the foundation. Just taking it all in, man. And it's one of the things you guys talking about community, man. It's just one of the hardest things to do, man. Trying to get people on the same page, you know, everybody's so scattered out and doing their own thing and, you know, it just uh just caught up in a routine, man. It's just one of the things I'm struggling with now, trying to trying to bring some guys together to get things going, man. I ain't using the social no more. I was working, you know, I I was I laid down, I did some time. I was in the feds before that's when I first got the information. Uh, right. you know, studied back in oh five, oh six Came out, got in the car business. There was another dude that called in a couple of calls before, say so he was in the car business, man. And 
went through some stuff with the DMV that snatched my dealer license because of the, fel- the felony from 20 years ago, and uh, it just set me on a on a domino effect of of uh, things with the creditors. You know what I'm saying? And you know, so I pulled back the information I had, and you know, just been uh, just studying, man, studying every day faithfully, man, like 10 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Just like going hard because I've been fighting these people off. I've been in court. You know, traffic, uh, you know, uh, we all kind of stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? These past two years, man. And, you know, you guys just touched on a lot, man, about coming from a peaceful approach and, you know what I'm saying, and just, you know, level-headed with these things because operating, you know, from an aggression standpoint ain't going to get you nowhere, you know. Um, <clears throat> it's like, it's like what they got. Like an attorney told me one time, he said, we can deal with you as the angry ones we can't deal with. That was one. My first education, my first introduction to all this, it was like I was being hit from so many different places. And so many people were revealing stuff to me um, because I was mad. I was mad. And um, I didn't have nothing to lose. So I was going forward with everything I was doing. You know, like, I don't give a fuck what nobody say. This judge say anything slick he want to in this courtroom. I don't give a damn. I'm going to say what I need to say. You know, that was my attitude back then. And I was seeing a lot of success because the fear aspect is what I had to get a hold of first. The first thing you got to get a hold of with any of this is that fear. You got to get a hold of that. And it was easy to get um, – yeah. I, th- I think it's easy to get a hold of when you don't have nothing to lose. Uh, it's people who yeah. have things to lose who are the most fearful. You know, I was introduced to it. I didn't have nothing to lose. I had no family. All my shit got taken from me. I was um, looking at a lot of time. You know, I was like, hell, I ain't got nothing to lose. Might as well do it, you know. I ain't yeah. got nothing to lose. And it was a fight. It was right, a fight. Man. It was a fight. But it's a fight. I learned, it's a- But the reason you're going through that fight is because there's a higher power that's educating you. That's introduced. So you got to understand that your baptism by fire is an education. Uh, how else are you going to learn all this stuff? Most of the people who learn this stuff, they're forced to because they have something happen to them. They have something. It's very few yeah. people coming in just, you know, just walking around, found information. You know what? I think I want to start studying this information. It's very few people like yeah. that. The majority of people, something happens and they get arrested. They get their children taken. They got a traffic ticket. Yeah. They're going to jail. Something like that. Everybody who is into this, it is because something has happened to them. It ain't that many people out yeah. there. People ain't got no problems. They ain't, inter- they ain't interested in this information. And that's the right. big problem. I, I, it's it's crazy problem. saying it's a fight, man, because um, when I go in court, man, first thing I do, I don't be wanting to go in there and try to handle it, but if I don't get no kind of acknowledgement that they ain't dismissed it, I go anyway just to kind of see how they're going to play it. I've had right. people I had them walk me out, you know what I'm saying, when they see me setting up with the paperwork. I've had to speak a couple times. A couple times I said a little too much. You know, he was talking about uh, – uh, I think he was kind of trying to give me away. I it was on a little traffic thing. I learned yeah. a little bit though. But when I go in there, man, I, I first I got to use the bathroom. I got to go wash my hands. I put some water on my face and I pray, man. I just go in there, man, and I just I just come off the top of the dome and just you know what I'm saying. I, when I leave out, man, it felt like I done fought twenty people, man. It felt like I'm, I'm you know I'm in a fight for my life. I had a dude, I had a lawyer grab me one time. I was in there arguing with the DMV about the sales license, 
And uh, one of the guys uh, grabbed me on the way out. He was like, man, great job, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Because I kept the case open. Uh, they had the, the state attorney trying to throw it out, and I kept it open. But, uh, man, it's been it's been an interesting journey, man. I truly believe I've been led by the Spirit. I've been trying to pay attention to the different signs, man. I had a judge, man. I met a judge, man. Uh, um, he talked to me for about five hours at, at a dealership, man. He was getting the oil change in Rock Hill, man. And uh, it, it was one of the most interesting, because uh, I remember I listened to you a lot of times that you, you that had conversations with him. One time, one asked me, did I want to speak to him? I think he was trying to speak to me in chambers, but I was just so ready to get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I left out of there. But this guy, man, he answered all my questions, man. He, I, and I kind of took his temperature with a little bit of questions I was asking him, but he ain't shy away from it, man. I kind of hit the gas slowly, but he was just talking about the court thing. He was careful with what he was saying. He was stepped in close to me and kind of whispering in my ear, watching, you know what I'm saying, who was in earshot. And he was right. like, man, you know, because uh, it was one of them, uh, what's your boy name that do the videos that was talking about the syntax grammar? Oh, yeah, David, uh, David Wynn. Yeah, they yeah, asked him about a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I asked him a lot of that stuff, and uh, he he kept answering a lot of questions, man. And he was like, man, technically, uh, I'm just a man just like you is. You know what I'm saying? You know. And uh, he was like, he said like three things, and he was like, if you if you cut yourself, you bleed. I cut myself, I bleed pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Because you know that was talking about the courtroom stage, and they set up high for the intimidation and everything. And that's what he right. was saying. It's set up on different planes like that. I mean, he right. just confirmed so much. He was like, read the state constitution. That's where your remedy was there. Uh, uh, man, he just he just it just it just confirmed so with, much. Man. I agree with that. You got to start with those constitutions. You got to start with those constitutions. You do. You do, because that's where they get their authority yeah. from. We delegated the authority to yeah. them. If you can talk about a corporation all that all day, but still at the end of the day, a corporation don't exist unless some people created it who we gave authority to create it to. We gave them the, 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 um, the authority to do what they're doing. All right? The problem is they yeah. walking around acting like they masters, and that's where that Zionist involvement comes in. I'm trying to tell y'all. Right, they didn't trick everybody out of the uh, out of their sovereign capacity into this uh, legislative right. democracy. Yep. Uh, yeah, they took took them out of their rights and made them into slaves, and they forced them into it, taking with, the money. With all the documents that people signed, all the applications, it's been a relinquishment and an extinguishment of, of all your rights and everything that we signed signed up for throughout the years, and that's how things how it is now being played out at the level with no control. Nobody ain't got no control. No, nobody know what's going on. They know something going on. They just can't put a finger on it. Right. You know, but you'll start to see it. Just keep tuning in to high frequency radio. Man, I wake up in the morning on it, man. I be trying to turn brothers on to it, man. But be careful with too many, you know what I'm saying? Who you share information right. with? But uh, yeah, man, That's just trying to just wanted to give you guys a shout out, man. I appreciate what you guys are doing, man. Keep pushing, man. Keep pushing for it, man. And you know, peace and love, you know, to all the fam and you know all the listeners, you know, and uh, all the endeavors that everybody's doing. You know, happy New Year and all that, and just let's, let's stay focused, man. We front lining out here. All right, all right, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, brother. You have a wonderful weekend. All right, peace. You too. All right, peace, guys. All right, go back to the phone lines, 
four. Uh, let me go ahead, let me dip over to Tennessee real quick. Six one five thirty eight forty seven. Peace, peace, bro. Peace, what's happening? Peace. I, I, yeah, uh, man, I'm glad the people who called in today calling in because I've kind of like had. I can't understand why people are losing with this information because you know I started out with polite, um, and he gave me like the basic trust paperwork and the UCC1 and the UCC3 addendums and all that stuff. And I didn't have no idea on how to work that shit until I came over to high frequency and started getting with you. And I was actually, I could be heard on the first uh, trust webinar with uh, with Gwen. You know, we actually had right. some interactions. Yeah. And, okay, um, okay. You know, I, yeah. And, um, you know, man, I, um, I actually, you know, went through the process. I squared up with the police on the side of the road because he was asking me, um, he, he, um, like, uh, he, he pulled me off for absolutely no reason and um, asked for my license, and I gave it to him. And he said, uh, is this you? I'm like, no, nah, it's not me. It's something I created, and the state issued it to me. And he said, step out the car, you know. And I stepped out the car, and as soon as I stepped out the car, we squared up. And... Uh, he said, and when we squared up, I'm thinking in my head, oh, shit, oh, no, 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 you know, it's going the wrong way, you know. and uh, But it was just automatic reaction between me and him. And uh, he said, uh, put your hands behind your back, because I seen panic in his eyes. I put my hands behind my back. His sergeant came, and when his sergeant came, I told him what I said. He told him what I said, what we did. He took the handcuffs off me, and they let me go. And, you know, subsequently, you know, about a year after that, you know, uh, I got rid of my license and, um, you know, I got pulled over for no driver's license, speeded, and no insurance. And I beat it all. You know, I beat it all, man. Um, And using these principles from high frequency. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, uh, from a couple of high frequency spinoffs, namely Greg Dawson and Sharif and brother Sharif, you know, uh, Greg Dawes taught me how to, um, you know, uh, formulate the paperwork to enter into, you know, their jurisdiction correctly, but not be a part of that jurisdiction. Brother Sharif taught me how to master their Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which ain't number 14 pages. And I'm telling you, his mastery of it is in Yeah, he is. You he's know, a beast. He's a beast yeah. with it. Yeah, he's a beast yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, he's um, a beast. when when I when I went into the into you know uh, facing those uh, quote unquote charges, you know I came at them in so many different ways because you know back then you had so many different guys using so many different techniques and it was so many different people like soaking all that up, and I was one of them. And so uh, every almost every single time I entered into the courtroom, we was having in-camera proceedings, you know, because right. they'll say I say they'll ask me something, and I'll say something, and they'll be like, "Let's go to the back," you know. And uh, they tried me like that five or six times to see how well, I actually got to see how the city worked because I was going around and did it different. Uh, city officials to get things done and somebody finally uh, 
told the man, dismiss that shit, you know, and I got it dismissed basically over the phone with the prosecutor because uh, the state's attorney, rather, um, because, you know, I had missed the court date. I had, it had slipped my mind. And the state's attorney like, what are you doing? The, the judge is going to set this for trial. You're supposed to be here. And I'm like, man, just go in there and dismiss that shit. And he was like, all right. You know, and uh, I got the letter of dismissal like uh, about a week later, you know. And so I'm telling you, this, it, it worked. I got to brush back up on the trust stuff because uh, what the brother was, uh, the brother who was just talking a minute ago, I mean, um, you know, I think uh, if, 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 if you used to do what you did maybe three to four years ago, maybe even five years ago, and start to form this community again, um, I think you could get a lot of what Brother Polite, um, what what he was doing at first, that, that group of people on what he was doing at first, I believe you can gather them. Brother Polite veered off. When you could tell when he when he got um, penetrated when he got on that color shit because when we were part of his community we wasn't on that shit you know we were on financial shit. that's how I understood right. what, uh, when you talk about a UCC one and the UCC I understood those things way back then when he went right. to New York and got with uh, Sarnett and got the screen you know saying black power man is like standing in front of a wheelbarrow cement and wa- cement mix and, and um and, and water and saying concrete mix. Concrete mix, you know. It, <laughs> you know, that it's re- it's retarded. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's retarded, man, you know, and you know, energy comes in the form of all different forms of color in the universe. A carrot is orange, a pea is green, you know, uh Rod Muhammad came and showed us some shit to, you know, Elijah Muhammad, you know, it the color shit don't matter. You know what I'm saying? We we've been put in a pressure cooker and um we've been we've been fucked up because of the color of our skin by some of the people, but they use that shit to divide, you know. The shit don't really matter. A, a lot of motherfuckers if if it wasn't for a lot of these motherfucking guys who um who uh I guess the the term I gotta say the term Confederacy, you know they the ones who a lot of came out with a lot of this redemption stuff, you know what I'm saying, and, and exposed us to it, you know what I'm saying. So you know, uh, really, I, I really, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna tell you the truth. They uh-huh. didn't come out with it. They were just. Um, let me give you the history of it. The thing okay. been out since the, the the stuff been out since the since the 1930s. I obviously. Mm-hmm. Since the 1930s, it didn't spread like that. We had no internet. You didn't have nothing like that. All right. Like I said, I didn't met somebody got their UCC one filed in the 60s. Showed it to me. And then he told me, and he told me, I said, where'd you get it from? He said, some Jews uh, told him how to do it. What should, what should alert you to something? Because who's the ones who set it up? The Jews are the ones who Mm -hmm. set all this up. The Jews are the ones who set all this up. All right, they set it up and they benefiting from it. So the thing is, the Patriots just somebody uh, back then. What we were told is that some judges put it out, and then the Patriot community picked it up. Some people with some ex judges, like this Judge Dale character. You said Judge Dale. Everybody said, well, that's fake and all that. Now we've been hearing about something like that 
prior to that. I first read Judge Dale in 2009, 2008. So now you got these people on YouTube saying that Rodney Dale class is Judge Dale. I'm like, dude, I've been reading Matrix of the U.S. Constitution since 2009. What are you talking about? This document been out a long damn time. And it was out before that. So I didn't understand what what they were talking about when they were saying, well, this is this is this is fake. I'm like, okay, read the document and see if the stuff he's saying in here is fake. See, that's another game they try to play on you. They'll try to discredit mm-hmm. someone to discredit their information instead of trying to attack the information itself. They don't address the information itself. They address the person. But it's been out for a long time. The Patriot community, mm-hmm. yes, the white people had it first. They did. They had all of this mm. stuff first. And that's why I put them up. Mm. But it's been black people involved in it for a long time, too, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, back in mm. 2000, and uh, when I first came into this in 2003, 2004, we weren't talking like how everybody talks about. We weren't worried about just white people. We weren't calling it patriot stuff. And we weren't doing none of that. Right. We understood what we were doing. Mm. You know, it's like everybody was involved in it and trying to learn it. And it started growing. By the right. time two, right. by the time two, by the time 2010 came around, it started. That's when you started seeing a lot of uh, seminars, bigger seminars and stuff like that. Tony King came on the scene. Um, um, mm. uh, the white guy, um, Ted Turner. Turner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and everything. Everybody mm. started coming on the scene. See, I didn't watch all of this. I watched it. I watched mm. it progress through all of that right there. All the stuff that's been taken off the internet. And stuff like that. So now we're in a day and time mm. now that, you know, we got the Internet is full bloom. And so a lot of people are coming into the information right now. And there are a lot of stories being passed around. And that's why I feel like it's a good person like me is good to have around. So I say, look, this is how it used to be. This ain't no different right now than what we did 10 years ago. You know, just things like that mm-hmm. kind of guy. Right. There's a lot of people coming on the scene telling stories about things like you wasn't even around back then. How you know what was done and, you know, all this. You don't even know, you know. So mm-hmm. that's my thing. I didn't watch mm-hmm. it progress over the years, you know. Right, right. And, and I'm going to be honest. Well, I, I, the, I, but, the, the principles are still mm-hmm. the same. The, the, it didn't change mm-hmm. the methodology. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, Go ahead. What, and, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, it, it is a history and my my point is, I think that um, you know, uh, like 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 somebody would consider like the guys that I like you, uh, Greg and Sharif, like gurus. And sometimes you know, um, we go to these different schools. I and hate learn, that word. Like, but for like, <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I I, I, hate I hesitate that word. to use it. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if Sharif heard me say, if Sharif heard me say that <laughs> shit, he'll cuss me. <laughs> But, yeah, I ain't that word. Like, they got yeah, a neg- but, Google got a negative connotation to it now. It really do. It got right, right. associated with negative connotation now. He's a guru, you know. It's like okay, right? <laughs> but, but, but you know, saying. we 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 do need a community because, like, the brother who was just giving it up about the trust. You know, man, I I didn't had this irrevocable trust in place. I run a small company now. You know, but it's it's a company. It's it's registered in the state. You know, and I don't. I have no idea on how to tie it to my trust, how to get this trust fully operational. But we need a community of people who have like a base knowledge of stuff 
so that, you know, man, we can get functional. The the thing isn't about unity. It's about organizational skills. It's about organization, man. It, it's not, you know, unity, that's, what I was you know, gonna, something you know what? imaginary. You know, what I was going to say is the thing that makes me ambivalent about the Zionist Jews um, is the mm-hmm. fact that when I studied them, I studied them very intently. But what I can't get over the fact, what the, the thing is, is they so organized and unified. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. They're just the most organized and unified race of people on the planet. And so mm-hmm. that right there is making them look like they are the chosen people because you can't get mad at them. What are you going to get mad at them? Because they're organized and unified. They're organized and unified. Mm-hmm. They take over stuff. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't come over and they do good business. You know, they loan you some money. They ain't tell you to come and you get no money from me. That's what it says in the protocols of the learned elders design. We didn't make you give us mm-hmm. y'all gold. Y'all gave us y'all gold. Your, uh, your public officials didn't have to come and borrow no money from us. They could have came to y'all and got help, but they decided mm-hmm. to come to us. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that are being said, but they are real unified people. And it's like with a culture and a tradition. And it's like they are superior over everybody else because of that one fact. And nobody seems to be able to get in on it. Like they they, you know, they dominating everything because they're unified. And is that bad? Is that evil? No. I can't. No. I can't really see. Nope. I don't see. I don't really look at them as evil per se. I look at it mm-hmm. as, you know, we are allowing someone to dominate us. And you I know, you you allow to they, dominate. They, Go ahead. They use those they use those principles of trust. And you know that you know, and and that one one other thing I liked about I I, I liked about uh, polite in the early years. You know, now you know. He, 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 we ain't even gotta say, but and what what gravitated me towards your platform is because this ain't about like overthrowing no government or no type of crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? It's about right. understanding sound principles. You know, and you know, because people people are calling and try to you know uh, poke and prod you that way. You know, and you can tell people yeah. don't understand yet. You know what I'm saying? You you don't understand. It's about our children. It's people about ask, you know. You know uh, yeah, people yeah. always ask me questions, especially the tax questions. You know, I'm getting. I, it don't matter how many times I tell them go to a CPA. I still get taxed. Somebody try to get me. The number one thing they try to get me to say is we don't have to pay tax. They waiting for the day right. for me to say that. We don't have to pay tax. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't say that. I'm too educated about public and private. Why do you keep asking me that question? I, the public right, is the public right. and the private is the Your taxes don't exist on the on the private side. That's not a right, private thing. Right. It's in the public. It's taxes. Tax law is in the public. It's public law. Okay, so you're dealing with something mm-hmm. in the public that belongs to government mm-hmm. or their property that involves their rights or something like that. It's just what it is. But, you know, you'll see people do that. You know, that's one thing you got to do. You got to be careful when you're doing stuff like this, because the kind of information is being disseminated, you don't ever want to be viewed as some sort of uh, anti-government protester. You know, I say thing. I'm gonna let somebody else get in. You, so I'm getting the call. Okay, all right, brother. All right, go ahead. Handle that. Handle that. All right, this is my last call. All right, four three four. Is it four eight four? Four eight four area code. Oh, hold on. Let me open up your phone line. Four eight four. You're online. Oh, peace, Yusuf, peace. Um, 
My name is Joseph. Um, at first, I wanted to say um, thank you uh, for, you know, all that you're giving to us through the radio shows and the, and the YouTube. Um, and well. I hope that, I hope that um, you know, in, in some area of your life, you're, you're able to get something back to fill you, fill you back up. Because um, I know when people are constantly taking or you're you're constantly giving, um, you know the energy levels can just be drained. So I hope that um, yeah, it is. Your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it can be. You're, you're getting that back. Um, I, I first wanted to ask. I know you mentioned it earlier on the show um, about um, possibly starting doing the the audio books. You wanted to encourage people to read. So I just wanted. To hear that clearly again as to what we need to do, um, okay, in order, okay. you know, if we if we wanted to start reading, you know, documents and stuff like that. Okay, all right, great. Okay, first you need to provide me with a clear audio. Uh, you can do it with your cell phone on the voice recorder on your cell phone. It gives a very good audio on that. If you got some, you know, like I got a very nice mic, obviously, uh, but. You can, you can, whatever you want to use, but I think it, about everybody has a cell phone and it will make a very, very good audio that can be used on a video. Um, so that's number one. Uh, make it about no longer than 30 minutes, preferably 20 minutes would be best, but I, you know, I'll take it up to 30 minutes. Um, the documents that you can do, uh, you know, I usually try to uh, select documents that are 20 to 21 pages or something like that. It can be, Anything that you want, you want. Um, you can use articles off of people's websites is a good idea. Like I gave uh, Judge Anna Von Reitz. Um, I, I read some of her articles. She's a very knowledgeable woman. She has a very good understanding of this subject matter as well. She puts out some very good articles. I think some of her stuff is worthy of being put on audio. Um, you know, maybe some gene. You know, you know, it's it's a ton of stuff out there that you can use. Maybe you want to use a section like when I did um, when I did the video, uh, how to sign your signature without liability. That was one section out of cracking the code third edition. It was just cracking the code third edition got some good articles in it. So you can take an article out of there. Like, you know, the uh, talking about there's one in there that I was going to do on attorneys that's in there. That's very good. All right. But it's up to you. All right. It just has to, it has to be re- related to it. If you are, when you're reading, don't worry about making mistakes. If you stutter over a word, uh, just reread the sentence again, and I will edit out the uh, the imperfections. So if you're reading something okay. and like blah 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 uh, uh, blah blah blah, and you you know just don't worry about it. Just keep reading it over and read it over. If you need to read it over five times, do you get it? Just read it over until you get it correctly. Because uh, you okay, want your. Okay, and then do you want to say? Huh. Okay. Go ahead. I said, and then w- once we're finished, do you, uh, do we just put that on your um, send that to your email or yeah, you can email me you or you can, or you can email it to me or you can send it to me in a Dropbox through email. Dropbox Dropbox is free. Uh, you can get your Dropbox account and just send me a link on Dropbox. There's a link. You just create a folder and then send me a link. You can get it or you just email it to me or whatever. You know, you can email it to me in sections if you want to. Um, you know, you do okay. one recording, then do another recording or however. But, you know, however you do it is fine with me, you know. But, yes, I would love to get uh, audios from other people reading documents. Let's put this stuff on YouTube because it's needed. You know, uh, not everybody can read. Not everybody has time to read. 
Uh, not everybody, you know what I'm saying? And being able to have something on an audio. I listen to my own audios all the time, all the time, every day. I sit down and work and listen to myself read a document, you know, mm-hmm. which trips me out sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And But that's what I did. It I initially started it doing because I say, man, instead of me having to sit down and read this document seven times, I'm, that's how it started. I said, I'm just going to record myself reading the document, and then I'll listen to it. I've been doing that for years. I just didn't start doing that. I used to record myself reading a document on my phone and then sit back and just listen to myself reading the document over and over and over again. So now, you know, I'm just passing it on to you. You know, now you got the ability to read something one time and then memorialize it forever by putting it on audio and having it edited and then having somebody add a lot of bells and whistles to it and making a nice presentation for the whole world. Gotcha. Um, oh, one other question um, that I wanted to ask while I have you on the line. Um, again, thank you for the uh, passport video. That was definitely very informative. Um, you I, I already have um, a book, like the, the passport book that you, that you get. If I wanted to update and when I got it, I, I didn't have the, the knowledge or, you know, the, 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 wherewithal to fill out the form um, the way that I wish I would have, you know, filled the form out Um, or, you know, to your point, you know, marking U.S. citizen, et cetera. But um, if I go back to redo that, um, would I need to get a new book and a new card? Or if I just, you know, get a new card, do you think that that would suffice or do I need to surrender the, the old passport and then get a new one. Well, and audio it tells you. When audio it tells you that I'm not going to tell you to lie on anything. If they want the old one, give them the old one. But they'll probably just reissue you the other one back to you. The thing is not so much what's on the document itself, what's in their computer system. You're not going to see too much uh, changes on the document itself. What it is is that whole process is to get you on a do not detain list to have you uh, to have you notated in the system of what your status is, not on that document itself. So, you know, right. do you need to turn that in? You know, not necessarily, you know, it's not the document itself that's important. It's, it's what they see on the computer that's important. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, and then the, the last, uh, another um, question from that video. Um, I know you said for individuals that are still, um, you know, w- w- are, um, I guess, more in the public for working or, you know, working, um, you know, for, you know, they have some form of a, an employer um, that you suggested on the video to um, to provide them a, a W-8 BIN form. Is that, is that so accurate? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about W-8. I'm reading a document. You see, you're sitting here saying what I said. I read a document and put it on there for you and everything. You know, I didn't had no job, gotcha. so I didn't had no WABN in or anything. However, um, you know, from what I have heard, um, that it is good information to do. But I'm going to tell you my position on all of that. I feel like as long as you work a job and you connect you to the federal government, you owe them some sort of uh, allegiance, some sort of duty to file taxes and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's how I look at it. I don't even try to get in out of WAB and all that kind of stuff. I feel like you need to quit. You need to get away from that job, start your business. You know, that's my. No, I definitely. 
You know, that's my thing. That's my position on it. So, you know, I, and I come, my background is on and all that. It's like having them jobs and all that stuff, that dependency, you know, that dependency, you got to get away. The, the, the dependency is what is getting you into trouble. Being a dependent is what is getting right. you in trouble. Okay. Yeah, no, I was reading, because I know you've also in the past suggested um, uh, Fam Guardian for, um, you know, yeah, reading they got, articles, they got, and they have yeah, a lot they got of, a lot of good stuff. They got a lot of good stuff, definitely. Yeah. They got a lot of good stuff. They got a lot of good stuff yeah, over there. I, All right. Um, okay. Well, thank you. This um, this helps a lot. I'm going to um, try to move forward with the, the passport stuff um, this upcoming week, and um I'll be listening in on the shows uh, coming up next week. Okay. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. And with that, that's it for me today, y'all. I want to thank everybody for listening. I was live streaming on uh, on uh, Facebook Live today. A lot of people tuned in. Y'all get to see me when I'm in the studio, kind of doing my thing a little bit, just talking on the mic. Uh, no, so thank you for coming in and uh, listening to the show. Uh, I wasn't scheduled to come on on Saturday today. I just kind of just jumped on the mic, so none of this was planned. So I know I'm looking kind of rough. Glad you back. Everything. <laughs> uh, say what, Rob? I'm glad you back on Blog Talk. I Me mean, personally, <laughs> you know, it's just like you know, it reminds me of the old days. That's all I'm saying. Like I like yeah, you I, on Blog Talk. Yeah, I had to get back on, man. The radio is. Uh, you know that's where I cut my teeth in this, and um, it it, it get I like to be can talk to the people, you know the uh, yeah. kind of the YouTube kind of disconnects you a little bit, but the radio, you know what they call radio, they call it the theater of the mind, the theater uh-huh. of the mind. Hearing all these voices come through, you don't know what they look like, you don't know who they are, but it is a different type of um, you know it's more it's more cerebral, you know what I'm saying it's like it's like there's a mental connection to everybody. Uh, that you talk to in some kind of way. And, you know, I even think doing radio makes you more perceptive. Do you think so? I think it makes you more yeah. perceptive in dealing with people because the inflection in people's voices and, uh, you know, uh-huh. it just it's, some, it's something that's communicated. That yeah, it's something communicated over through the air. You know, it makes you, yeah. it makes you very perceptive about things on a different level. So, you know, I like radio. The I like what it, it does. Yeah, yeah. The word people use, you know. Like, I'm very... Yeah, I'm Specific, and I pay attention in the words that people use when they when they communicate or attempt to communicate. You know, it it, it teaches you tell a lot. You to be a good host, you got to be a good listener. Got to listen. Yes. You know, you got to learn how to listen. What people teach you how to listen too. And it taught me a lot of yes. patience because some of y'all talk talk my damn ear off and everything. <laughs> 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 taught me how to be patient, like you know, like a bug. But anyway. I want to thank everybody. I will be back on tomorrow, too, for the Natural Law Hour. Don't call in talking about no secure party creditor stuff. We're going to get into science and spirituality, natural law, religion, mysticism, hermetics, witchcraft, Satanism. Talk about it all. Only here on the hottest radio network on the planet. I want to say peace to all the gods and goddesses. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Peace, y'all. I'm out. Peace.
your number one source for knowledge in the information age. High Frequency Radio Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.